Hello, everyone. Welcome to the HHH Racing Podcast. We're going to have a quick uh, message here from the Adelphi Racing Club here. Bear with me, folks, as I go ahead and set that up. The Adelphi Racing Club is a club of like-minded people who enjoy horse racing and the camaraderie of being a part of something bigger than themselves. It is a true community. Adelphi is founding partners of all owned horses and other partnerships and syndicates as well as their own. Their overarching goal is to blend the benefits of solo ownership without the administrative hassle, but with the thrill of the partnership experience. The Adelphi Racing Club offers an interactive ownership experience with real-time access to other partners, trainers, bloodstock advisors, and other members of the team. They have a very limited remaining shares available and a couple of exciting two-year-old prospects, including a New York-bred cult by Red Hot Sire Lauban named Gemmin. 10, and also a Tappert Colt named Magistrate, who is currently training down at Kinsman Farm in Ocala and will be trained by Christoph Clement. Please join the Adelphi Racing Club if you want to get in touch with Adelphi. There's all the information manager, uh, racing manager Matt Cuter, the website AdelphiRacing.com, email Matt at AdelphiRacing.com, Instagram at Adelphi underscore racing and Twitter at Adelphi club. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's start the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 136, the Kentucky Derby edition of the HHH Racing Podcast. I'm your host, Howard Kravitz. So excited to be with you tonight. We have a fantastic show. Please make sure you subscribe on the bottom right-hand side of the screen. Hit that notification bell so you know when new content will arise. Crush that thumbs-up button. That'll tell YouTube this is a great show. You can reach me on Twitter on my name tag, at hkravitz. And, of course, on the scroll at the bottom of the screen, my email, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. Welcome, all you listeners, if you're listening later on, the replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Anchor. You can please listen and subscribe there as well. Ladies and gentlemen, like I said, we have a fantastic show. We have a great uh, guest tonight, Justin Mustari, the 2021 NHC champ is here to help us handicap. Before we do that, uh, please make sure we have a lot of people watching live. We anticipate a huge crowd tonight. Thank you very much for joining us. The top right-hand corner of the screen, if you're on YouTube right now, type uh, comments into that live chat. We already have a lot of people, like I said, watching. We want to have a very lively discussion. If you're watching live on Twitter right now, thanks for watching. If you want to join our live chat, you do need to switch over to YouTube, of course, but either way, we are very happy that you are joining us this evening. Let's talk about next week. Boy, do we have some exciting stuff planned for you next week on the HHH Racing Podcast as I go ahead and and share my screen here. Next week, again, all uh, times are going to be 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Monday, we're going to have a very short show. It's going to be a very short show. Uh, We're going to be 
just recapping the Kentucky Derby and the Oaks, just those two races. Both of my co-hosts, Paul Halloran and Pete Visco, will be with me. Again, it's going to be probably about half an hour, 35 minutes at the very most to talk about uh, the Derby and the Oaks. Now, is everyone ready? We need, need a little drum roll at home because not everyone, most people don't know this. Next Thursday, our guest to cover Belmont Derby Preview Day stakes and late pick five. It's the first time he'll be on our show. They've got a huge card at Belmont next week. It is someone from the East Coast. I'm going to scroll down. Let's reveal. Who is it going to be? It is the Big A. Anthony Stabile will be with us, the content producer at Naira. Anthony Stabile, of course, co-hosting with Andy Serling on Talking Horses and at Naira. The Big A will make his first appearance on the HHH Racing Podcast. Very excited to have Anthony Stabile on next week. Please join us 8 p.m. Thursday. Uh, One other quick item, or actually a few quick items. The podcast pool. Once again, podcast pool four. We're putting together a betting syndicate. The actual pool goes through the entire month of May on Saturdays. I do need to make sure I read some of this. Uh, because we have a lot of people that are listening later, and I have to remind myself that people can't see the screen. Uh, we put together uh, bets on Saturdays, mainly pick fives and major tracks. We're going to put together some big bets on those days. Uh, the deadline to send in money is tomorrow, Friday, noon Eastern. So depending when you hear this, you might not be able to join our podcast pool. But again, if you're interested, the the money needs to be sent in by Friday noon Eastern. And in addition to the podcast pool and bets on Saturdays with pick fives, we also are putting together a group $1 Superfecta ticket for the Kentucky Derby on Saturday. That is uh, optional. You don't have to do that. But if you do want to play the Superfecta, you do need to be a part of our regular podcast pool. Any questions, please contact me, hkravitzhorse at gmail.com. But again, this deadline will end uh, Friday at noon. Also, Race Day blog. Let me put that up on the screen real quick. I have a fantastic Race Day blog. Uh, This is where you get to decide the picks, and I just send you information. So it's only $3 every Saturday. I send ABC grids. Uh, I give you suggestions on pick fours, pick fives, spot plays, and price plays. The deadline for that, there is no deadline for that. You can buy, you can purchase that anytime throughout the month. It's very inexpensive, only $3 every Saturday. Uh, highly recommend you do that. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to want to bring on my uh, co-host right now as I just go through my rundown. I apologize for the beginning of the show. I thought another banner, I didn't expect to see myself on screen. Had a little tech issue there, I apologize for that. Uh, I have a banner that I want to show everyone, and as I show this banner... I want to bring my co-hosts on the screen. So let me bring my co-hosts first on the screen. They've done a great job all week. They're going to continue to do a great job on this show. Let's bring them on. From the East Coast, Paul Halloran and Pete Visco. Gentlemen, how are you doing tonight? What's up, Howard? There you go. Paul, it's higher than that, buddy. I saw 1050. Yeah. I, I, I saw 1057 about half an hour ago. We can't keep up with it, Pete. We can't. You got to start up, Paul. And up. guys... Guys, you'll see something at the bottom of the screen. If you're wondering what that was, that is our current uh, subscriber list. 
I just want to mention, I want to put you guys on because you guys are part of the success of this. Since my TVG appearance two weeks ago, we've had over 350 new subscribers on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Anchor. And just this week, just this week, over 5,000 views on YouTube, over 500 audio platform listens. I cannot thank everyone out there enough for your support. It's been tremendous. And before I let uh, Paul and Pete just say a quick word about all that exciting news down there, don't go anywhere, folks, because obviously it's Derby Week. This is a fantastic podcast if you're new to it. I bring on uh, famous guests, guests once in a while, like Anthony Stabile next week. We'll talk about his life in, in horse racing and just a lot of fun stuff. And then we get into handicapping. So this is actually not the normal platform we have this week. Usually I have a guest for the first half, and we handicap the second half. Uh, Paul, I'll let you go first. Pretty exciting news there at the bottom, isn't it? Yeah, it just is a typo, though. I think it's supposed to say since Pete and Paul became ah, co-hosts. Right, sorry. Pete? Pete, is that right? Let me let me change that. Hold yeah, on. You, Go you ahead. Could, you could fix that for later. That's okay. But no, that that that's it's super exciting, and it's it's great that it all happened. Sort of that your appearance and everything else happened just prior to Derby Week, which is the the most fun week probably to, to be on these shows. So oh, it all sure. coincided perfect storm. So congratulations. There you go. At, at the bottom. I, I, I just, I just changed That's it to better. the bottom there. That's no, I mean, it's only because of Pete and Paul, obviously. So well, no, anyway, I, mean, I I'm really, I'm really grateful and, and thankful for all the support uh, real quick before we bring on uh, Justin Mustari. I want to wish everyone a happy uh, Cinco, Feliz Cinco de Mayo for all you that celebrate uh, Cinco de Mayo today. And also, a shout out to all you mothers out there. Uh, happy Mother's Day this uh, Sunday. Uh, grandmothers, if you are obviously a man, you're watching the show and you have a spouse, I wish them uh, Happy Mother's Day uh, on behalf of the HHH Racing Podcast. I will say um, 11 years ago, uh, I lost my mother to ovarian cancer. And every time, uh, it's this time of year, of course, on Mother's Day, I think about her. And it just so happens that, of course, Mother's Day coincides with Derby weekend. So I think uh, perhaps mom is, is, is smiling down on, on myself and all of us and help us uh, get some winners. So happy Mother's Day to everyone uh, out there. All right, guys, let, let's let's get on to the, the task at hand. We have a, a fantastic uh, guest that I want to bring on. I'm very excited. And I want to make sure that I introduce him correctly because we had someone on last night that wanted to make sure we set the record state uh set the record straight excuse me another chicago guy and by the way again if you're new to the show you know i'm not partial to chicago guys but listen the chicago handicappers have been absolutely killing it lately especially the last several years let's bring on another one this young man won the 2021 nhc championship in las vegas it is frank's son Justin Mustari. Justin, how are you doing tonight? Good. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Justin, how do you feel about uh, Big Derby weekend? I'm sure, obviously, uh, it, it's a big betting weekend for you and, of course, the Oaks as well on Friday. Uh, how excited are you about uh, this weekend? Yeah, it's going to be definitely a good weekend. We've got a little more of a, a bankroll to deal with now after the NXP <laughs> win. So, so we hear. A lot of opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I wanted to do a quick... Uh, 
for everyone that doesn't know Justin, very briefly, Justin, if I had you on a normal show, by the way, we talked to you for about half an hour about your life, your background. Tonight's a little bit different. We'd love to get you on the show, by the way, to do all that and talk about your your, your history of betting and, and getting details. But tonight, we're not going to have time for that. By the way, in case you're pe- everyone's wanting to represent the Claiborne uh, outfit tonight, so the, the black and gold of Claiborne, to give us a little luck uh, uh that Kentucky uh, connection. But real quick, Justin, tell everyone about yourself. You are the youngest uh, NHC champ at 26 years old, native of Chicago, but you also have a lot of interest, uh, previous interest in baseball and golf. Tell just a little bit, uh, everyone, about yourself as we uh, start the show here. Yeah, so I guess I got into the game at a pretty young age, just learning from my dad, going to going to the track, going to Arlington. Uh, my grandparents had a place uh, near Gulfstream, so that was kind of like my getaway and go to Gulfstream, and that's kind of where I fell in love with horse racing. Um, but yeah, I went to I went to play golf at Aurora University. That's a big part of everything that I do. I play four or five times a week once the weather is better. We've been stuck in the 40s and rain for the last couple of weeks. It looks like next Brutal. week's going to be in the 70s. So yeah back to rolling, but, um, I play in a bunch of amateur events throughout the summer. Uh, I play in a one or two semi-pro events that you have to qualify into that I have in the past four or five years. Um, but handicapping wise, I use Brisnet and Ragusins. I handicap the exact same way my dad does not saying that we pick the same horses, but it does come up a lot because I've, I've learned the same way he does it. And, same way he comes up with outcomes and paces and all that kind of stuff. I've learned from him. So we're going to be most likely on a lot of the same horses. And by, I heard uh, that you were, I mean, you're pretty darn good golfer. I know you're a humble guy, but you were thinking of trying to uh, attempt to turn pro at one point, correct? Yeah. Coming out of college, I thought about moving to Florida and try the mini tours and just decided that maybe I should start working for dad and start making some money. And (laughs) I think that worked out. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I all I know about the Florida Tour, I actually had a uh, a friend who played a little on the Florida Tour. That is an absolute grind. I mean, it's just yeah. it is so. People have no idea. I I play golf. I'm not nearly as good as you, but I enjoy golf. It's uh, just to you know to get to the PGA Tour. I mean, it's sort of like baseball, right? There's a lot of minor leagues, etc. Yeah. It is just really damn difficult. But anyway, we're really happy uh, that you're here tonight, guys. I have one question before we handicap, and I did not prepare Paul and Pete for this, but I thought it'd be fun. Uh, the very first Kentucky Derby memory that you have, whether it's someone telling you a story, maybe you saw something on, maybe you saw it on TV. I'll go first. Um, I was a late bloomer to this game. I've talked about it. I mean, I was not the kid that went to the track with my dad or anything. We, my family just didn't go to the track. My very first Derby that I can just recall uh, watching or hearing about was the 1988 Derby with winning colors and Gary Stevens. I just thought it was so cool that a girl horse uh, won the Derby. Uh, I'm just going to, Justin, we'll go Justin, Pete, and then Paul. Justin, first uh, Kentucky Derby memory you can think of off the top of your head. You say I've still yet to go to the Kentucky Derby. Say Me most neither. of my derbies have been at an OTB near Arlington <laughs> at trackside with some yeah. friends. And I was never someone who wanted to bet more than $1 exactas, $2 exactas. So I haven't been very successful in derbies. So I don't really have a, a great story for you on, on derbies. But hopefully this year, this will be the one. Uh, Pete, maybe a derby. I, I don't think you've been to. I don't think any of us have actually been to a derby. I, 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 no, none of us have been to a derby. Uh, Pete, maybe one you saw on TV, or just the first time you remember, you know, hearing about the derby, or, or just any memory in general. 
Yeah, the, the one I remember the most is the one that I probably disliked the most is, I think it was 89 when Sunday Silence beat Easy Goer, because Easy Goer is my all-time favorite horse. And so I always remember that one, and, and I still watch it to this day. So that's the one I remember. But I grew up more around Harness, so that some of the Harness big races were bigger to me as a, as a young kid and a teenager than even some of the big thoroughbred races were. Yeah, by the way, everyone watching, type on the screen there, what was your first derby memory? Paul, I think I know. I did some research, Paul. I think I know your first derby memory. Little Paul as a child on his transistor radio, the 1930 derby with Gallant Fox. <laughs> Am I correct? Am I correct? Paul you're off by just a few years. That was his 21st birthday. It was your first yes, year, too, Paul. thank you. Yeah, yes, yeah, I only right. looked that old. Um, the first one I really have a vivid memory of, I was really got caught up in the affirmed Ali Dar uh, sequence. And I was on Ali Dar all three times because I like to go down with the ship. But I was uh, 15, uh, just about to turn 15 at that time. And I really wasn't uh, playing. Uh, my first gambling was I went to the dog track uh, when I was 16. Uh, but I did... I remember vividly the affirmed Ali Dar all three races and rooting for Ali Dar all three times and him losing all three times. How about Richard? Richard, thanks for joining the show. It saw the secretary. <laughs> wow, that must have been. By the way, I, he and he got a weird. I mean, he broke slow right and then rushed up, and I mean, he didn't win by that much. I mean, I think he had a pretty good Belmont stakes, if I recall. Uh, anyway, uh, Ralph just wants to shout out to you, Justin. We got another, I don't know, we got, <laughs> listen, we got Anthony Stabile next week. Listen, Italians are good at horse race handicapping. What do you want me to do guys? Uh, so <laughs> Anthony's going to be bringing it next week, uh, representing, uh, Italy. So, uh, well, we, great to have that. All right, guys, enough goofing around, enough messing around. Let's get to it. We're, we're going to be doing tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is focusing on the stake races. Now they have the stake races at Churchill, on Saturday are going to be races five through 12. We are going to very briefly, very briefly talk about races five, six, and seven, which are outside of the uh, all stakes pick five sequence that we're going to be focusing on. Let's just get this out of the way right away. Uh, the weather looks like it's going to be clearing up a little bit starting around noon. I looked at an hourly report. It's going to be awful tomorrow. It's just, it's going to rain. All right. So if you don't like to bet slop and maybe real soft turf, don't bet tomorrow. Plain and simple. Sunday, you know, the early part of the car, they started, what do they start? Like four in the morning on the East Coast or something? They, they start at 1030 in the morning at Churchill on these days. Um, it, it's going to be raining early, but it is going to clear up. And from what I saw, it could stop raining as early as three or four o'clock completely. My guess, guys, is that it's going to be fast for the Derby. I really think the dirt's going to dry out. Churchill Downs is, is known very well for their dirt uh, track drying out quickly. I really believe uh, it's going to be dry or pretty close to dry or at the very least good uh, for the Derby. But every, everything else and before that, you know, we'll just have to play it by ear. Uh, we're going to go ahead and bring up the Equibase right now for the fifth race. Let me go ahead and bring that up on the screen again. Thanks, everyone, for joining us tonight. Got a few screens to flip here, so... Give me a second. We'll go to there. Let me take this banner off the screen. We're not going to put our picks on the screen, everyone, um, for the races five, six, and seven. When we get to the pick five, we will put our picks on the screen. So, gentlemen, uh, we're going to go very quickly through these races so we can focus on the pick five. And, of course, we need to spend plenty of time on the derby as well. 
race five is I'm going to go ahead and full screen here. Uh, race five is the Longines Churchill Distaff Turf Mile. It's a grade two, Philly and Mears, four-year-olds and up on the turf. You see the field on the screen right there. A very interesting uh, favorite coming from Europe, a new acquisition for guess who, Chad Brown and Flavian speak of the devil. Justin, as our guest tonight, I'm going to have you go first. Again, we're going to be very quick, though, with these three races. We can just pretty much give our top pick and maybe an inching horse underneath. Justin, who do you like in this race? Um, yes, I'm kind of waiting to see how they bet this eight horse here. Um, I don't have a lot of information Ragason-wise, and that's usually um, what kind of confirms my opinions a lot of times. Um, I think Irad's going to for sure be on the lead, but it looks like Saez might push him a little bit. Um, but I think it's those three outside horses that are going to be pretty chalky here. All right. So Justin's going to three outside horses. Paul, what's your impressions of this race? Uh, I'm looking at the eight, especially thinking that the turf is going to be something less than firm. Uh, this is a, another, you know, Peter Brandt private purchase out of Europe and, you know, has run on heavy turf the last three races, won the last two. So uh, I, I think considering it's Brown and Pratt in the turf, uh, I think he's going to take some beating. My interesting horse underneath would be the five. Pete? <laughs> yeah, I could probably just repeat what Paul said, although for the for the crew and for the listeners, we should probably pick in Italian, of course, the seven. But <laughs> yeah, how do you guys not go into it? You are going to be thrown out. There's going to be some, uh, some dead animals at your, at your, hey, at your I, doorstep tomorrow morning. I, I had it on my A line just for you know just for just for authenticity. <laughs> so don't, don't worry about that. But I actually right. agree. I mean, the eight looks, the eight looks strong. The company he was running against over yeah. in Europe was was amazing. And then I actually too like the five. I mean, if the if the six and seven sort of hook up a little bit, then I think the five who cutting back to the mile and I think ran a nice race last time out. So I'm I'm sort of with Paul on that one. By the way, good job, Dean G. That would have been awesome to see Isagora at the Belmont. So I just wanted to comment on that one. Oh, that, that would have been fantastic. Uh, guys, I don't really have too much to add here. Uh, just a few things for the uh, viewers. Speak of the Devil uh, has faced Space Blues 3-back, who won the Breeders' Cup uh, mile. I will say, though, the milers in Europe have not been outstanding the last, like, two or three years. I mean, there's no gold to Kovas, There's no – so milers in Europe, of course, are going to be better than ours. But I don't. This one doesn't strike me as like a complete superstar. He's she's already five years old too. So I, I'm not saying she's not going to win. I'm just saying that I don't think she's a slam dunk uh, by any means. Um, I agree that in Ita I don't like an Italian by the way here at all because I think uh, Lady Spite Spear inside is definitely going to push her along with some others. Guys, I love how we're thinking alike. Let me go full screen or put us back on screen. Wakanaka is on my. Um, uh, my race day blog as a as an interesting price play uh, in this race. Uh, I'm not we're not going to take time to deep dive in this race, but she got a weird trip last time. She closed really well into a slow pace. She likes she she handles the soft. I think Wakanaka is very interesting to possibly upset the eight in this race uh, on Saturday. Let's go on to race six as I go ahead and switch some uh, screens here. Race six. Is the Knicks go? Where, where's Matt Miller when we need him? Knicks go. Uh, one of Matt Miller's favorite, of course, of all time. I think Justin probably knows why. Also, uh, this is the Knicks go overnight, but it is a stake, so I just want to go through real quick. It's race six. It's one mile for older males. 
You see the field right there. The favorite is number four, Dream Shake, for Peter Erden, uh, Flavian Pratt. Uh, Paul, I'll have you go first here. Who do you like in this spot? I'm going to try to get a price home here, Howard. I'm going to go with the uh, wet track liking horse for course Necker Island, the 11. Um, I think the race is really wide open. Uh, I think Dream Shake is a okay favorite. Uh, maybe the, the one turn mile is just what he wants, but uh, in a, in a wide open race, uh, we talked about this last night I'm looking for value. And, uh, I think that, uh, this 11 has a punches chance, uh, and I am going to go 11 on top, uh, as my key horse in this race. Uh, Pete, who do you like here? Surprise, surprise. I was just staring at the 11. That's who I sort of liked as a Man. price play. And it was for the same reason, just taking a shot. If, if it is a little bit wet, even if it's not just likes the course, um, came back in 20, 2022 with some, you know, has figures that sort of match up with the rest of the field, if not exceed many of them. And then the same thing, I sort of, I mean, I think Dream Shake is, is sort of classy, went for, you know, went off, you know, went off stride a little bit in those couple, then came back though, nice win, has Pratt, came back with a 93. So maybe the, maybe the growth from three to four helped this horse out. And now it's back doing what it likes. I think the mile sort of hits this one right where it wants to be. Uh, Justin, how'd you see this race? Um, I like a little bit of a price here. The seven South Bend um, came back last time going seven furlongs, a little bit sloppy, but still ran all right off of the layoff. But those two two races back and three races back have really, he stepped up there. So if he can run back to those numbers, I know there's not a ton, a ton of speed here, but um, I think he can run back to some good numbers going a mile. Yeah, I've actually chased South Bend a bunch of times, Justin. I have a thing for him. I don't know what it is. He just—he always seems like he's underrated to me. He, the, yeah. This horse has won over six hundred thousand for Gary Barber in the Watchall Stables. He always runs. He doesn't always get there, but he usually runs well. So I, I have him in the mix. I have him as as a B horse in my ABC play. Guys, I'm not being real craving this race. Uh, I would say I'm chalking it out, but he's second choice. Shared Sense uh, had a track record breaking time last time and i know last night as i bring this back on screen i emphasized Justin. i'm sure you feel the same way as an as an excellent handicapper not to overemphasize the last running line it's one of the biggest mistakes yeah. that handicappers make so here i am now you know people think well you, you must like shared sense because of the last race no go back everyone this horse has been very good for quite a while uh he's got Giroux. he's got a inside uh, you know uh slot there he's already won on the wet i don't like the three to one but I, I think this horse is in great form and has just as good a shot as, as most of them. So I'm going with shared sense. Hey, hey, Howard. Top. Oh, yes, sorry. Sir. Real quick, I was going to say I don't know if you were going to put up some of the the odd bets, but this also is the kickoff of the all dirt pick five, which we're not necessarily. I mean, I guess we're going to go over them. Yeah. Just by chance, but just just for the listeners, that there's an all dirt pick five races. Um, Six, seven, eight, ten, twelve. Oh, okay, you do have that up. Sorry, I didn't know. I remembered you put one up last night, but just wanted. No, to I didn't it. have it up. You just, my, folks. I've had a long week. This is podcast number four. <laughs> I, I'm not taking a day off of school. I, I, I do my job. The, the, my job's more important. I, I love this, doing this as well. So no, I just flat out forgot. Pete, let me go full screen. If you want to comment anything real quick, Pete, Paul, or Justin, Pete, anything here that uh, that that suits your fancy. 
Well, I, I was going to definitely play, so I was just trying to look at them to make sure you don't miss any. But I, I'm definitely want to play the the all dirt pick five. I sort of like that one. And then the, the interesting one is I don't know if it's on there. Is there a th- yeah the three year old pick three? That's a that's an interesting one. Races seven, yeah. nine, and twelve. Good races. Obviously, you get the Derby in there, so so you're gonna you know you can you definitely can get a nice price on that. I think just because of the spread that'll happen in the in the Derby. So I think those are the two that I like the most. Justin, we've got a little minute to talk about this. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if you're a horse. I know your dad's more of a vertical player. He likes trifectas. Is actors. What? Let me go ahead and put us on the screen a little bit here. Um, would you consider yourself more of a vertical player, a horizontal player? And then would any of these bets on the screen interest you uh, Saturday? Yeah, I don't think I'll play too many of them. Um, I like to play exactas and tries. I, I kind of handicap to try to find – let's say where the favorites aren't as good or a little vulnerable. And I like to try to find some prices that are going to run in there and, and give me some good value. So another horse here that has some value, I think is the eight who's 15 to one morning line. I'm not sure um, if he will be 15 to one, but there's not a ton of speed here. So if he does get an easy lead here, I don't know if he can completely hold on, but his last couple of races have been better than the, than the program is showing. Yeah, I have the eight as a B, Justin. I agree. And yeah. don't ask don't ask me about morning lines because Paul Hallen will get mad at me. But uh, this horse, let's just say this horse is not going to be fifteen to one. I liked yeah. him last time. Um, I was actually a little disappointed. He 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 started a pick five bet uh, that uh, he was part of a, a pick five bet we started, and Eben ran a race like out of nowhere and blew up the pick five in the first leg at like thirty to one. That uh, let's just say pissed me off. But anyway, that's another story for another day. Um, Paul, any of those bets that would interest you? Let me go back to that. Well, they all interest me, Howard. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm kind of a, a, a what you might call a serial horizontal player, much to my detriment a lot. So I hear um, you, my friend. I hear you. Uh, I'm going to have to, well, maybe I won't have to pick and choose. It's the goddamn derby. Maybe I'll just play all of them. <laughs> Why not? All right, there you go. Enough said. There, there's, there's our, there's our words of wisdom for the HHH Racing Podcast. Play every horizontal, play every horizontal play. Why not? Now, and especially how two- the late, late pick five that ends in race fourteen at eight thirty. That if you are, a, you cannot be a true degenerate if you are not playing race fourteen ten hours after first post. Uh, Paul, I love a horse in that race. There you go. It's a first-time starter, by the way. All right. Anyway. I'm playing. All right. Well, I'll give it right now. The 11 could be a monster first-time starter. Okay, there you awesome. go. At, 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 what was that, 1030 local time, whenever that race goes off? 830. 830. All right. All right, anyway. Uh, let, let, we're, let, we like to have fun on this show, everyone. And so join us in the fun. Let's go ahead and move on, guys, to the uh, next race here of the sequence. Let me just do a little... Uh, switching around. Now, this is the last race before the pick five starts that we're going to be focusing on. Uh, this is the Pat Day Mile. Always a really fun race. It's a big field. It's race seven. This is for restricted for three-year-olds. They're going that one-turn shoot, one mile. And there is a horse, uh, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to take a lot of money. Was fantastic last year. Just I'm going to have you go first in this race. The morning line favorite is Jack Christopher coming back uh, from his two-year-old year for Chad Brown and Jose Ortiz. Justin, can Jack Christopher lose? 
Yeah, I mean, we have a little question mark that he hasn't run in, what, nine, ten months. I mean, I think that's the only question mark you could possibly have, and Chad Brown probably has this horse ready to go. But is it going to be even money? I mean, I don't – I would like to try to play against him, but if you want to play him on top in some tries and try to get some prices in there. Um, and I'm kind of curious to see what Pletcher's going to do back with uh, with my prankster. Um he was going seven furlongs, trying to get the horse to stretch out a little bit. Um, but one of my prices here is the O captain, the twelve, uh, Gustavo Delgado. He had he had this horse running in some in some big races, um, kind of on the somewhat of the Derby Trail there. Um, but he he seems to place these horses all right, and that horse can be a big number. Uh, Justin, I, I I'm laughing a little bit because. Um... This horse was my price play for the Florida Derby. I loved what he did in the Fountain of Youth. He didn't. He didn't fire. I don't know why he didn't fire in the Florida Derby. I was pretty disappointed. Uh, maybe I, you know, great. Hopefully, great. Well, I don't know about my great mind, but uh, like minds think alike. I've actually got this horse as a B. I think this thing could fall apart, and I think he's fascinating. By the way, so yeah, Justin, great. Last two races have been pretty consistent, so I think there's a chance for him to improve here. Um, especially going back to the mile. So we'll see what happens. I, I hear you, Justin. I, th- I think he's at least underneath, right? I think he's interesting at least yeah. underneath. Um, Paul, who do you like? Well, you know, Howard, I thought that Chad Brown, if he could have had outside thoughts of maybe getting Jack Christopher ready to, to maybe take a run at the Derby. Obviously, uh, he wasn't ready in time to get on the trail and get the points. Uh, you know, as Justin said, if he's right, um, I, I think he's tough to beat. How, having said all of that, and I'm I'm on Team Chad all weekend, I think you got to try to take a crack against him. You know, with that layoff that, that Justin referenced, uh, although it is Chad, but, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think he's looking at about even money and, and you know, big fields. Uh, having run for the first time in a long time. Um, Never run know, on slop either, by the way. Yeah, but with a, being a Munnings, it's probably not gonna probably not gonna bother him uh, okay. a whole lot. But um, you know, again, I, I, if you play him as Justin said, you, you got to look at you know try to get some prices underneath. Uh, I was looking also at the the, the Pletches, the eleven, uh, my prankster. You know, there's an interesting horse in here. Another uh, another Bob Baffert alumnus uh, in this race, uh, who uh, you know was on the trail himself uh, for a while. Lost the Forbidden Kingdom twice, doppelganger. Uh, so he he took the plane ride along with uh, uh, Messier uh, and and Taba. So uh, it'd be interesting to see uh, how he uh, is bet uh, as well. Six to one morning line. I I think he's probably. Not going to be six to one. Let's just put this out there. Tim got this horse, ran him one time, and did not run him to the same that Baffert did. Went a little bit backwards, so that may be something to look forward to in the Derby. Ooh, wow! Oh, well, throwing shade at Tim Yachtin. I love it. Justin Byron from his house. Um, it's hard to do from getting from Baffert. That's you know, <laughs> well, that's a that's a whole other more improve. Well, some people think, Justin, that even though it says Yachtin on the program, it's yeah. really bad for yeah, anyway. I, I think, uh, you, you know, Jimmy Barnes is part of the Yachtin team, right? I mean, so, yeah. you know, Jimmy Barnes, if you don't know, is Baffert's assistant who is working for Tim Yachtin. 
I mean, yeah. so anyway, he, he didn't get a great trip in that race. He didn't break well. Anyway, we're not going to get into the details, but a doppelganger could be interesting on the turn back. Uh, Pete. Yeah, I'll just mention two quick ones. The one major general, I thought his, his first one back, two back, he stumbled at the start and he was just sort of out of it for someone who likes to be a little bit closer in the Tampa Bay Derby. He was, he was done early and it looked like they just wrapped him up pretty, pretty quickly in that one came back in the Lexington and uh, you know, Tony Port isn't, isn't exactly the a dirt specialist, but I thought that having major general sort of duel on the lead and then put away the speed and the speed faded out and, and major general held on. I thought that would be it. That's a good outcome. Cause after that first, after that first race, you hope that you just want to see that one come back and run a good race. Now, if he steps forward a little bit more, and Jack Christopher doesn't or Kavad goes with Jack Christopher and sort of wears him out, then I think Major General out of the one hole could probably sit close to those two. And then just one bomb I want to mention quick is the nine Trafalgar. He broke his maiden at he broke his maiden on at you know at a mile at Churchill Downs, closed like a closed like a freight train comes back, gets a win, but then they stretch him out a little bit in the LeCompte and the and then the Risen Star. I think it was just too far for him. He broke way back. He was a step slow. He was just sort of out of it. Now I think maybe this horse, based on his breeding, is just better going a little shorter. I think there could be some pace up front. If there is, this one can clunk up. And even if he doesn't get the win, he could at least hit the hit the second or third and, and get in your exotics at a at a nice big price. There is some major general love out there by Dean G. Uh, Ruprom, thanks for joining the show. We we definitely have some uh, love for Major General. Um, everyone ready for this? I think Major General should be 21 in this race. I hate this horse on Saturday. He's coming back in like two weeks. He ran a nice number last time, but he got an easy lead in Lexington and really gave it up with no excuse. This is a completely different race. I have, if Major General wins, I'll be out of the pick five. I hate this horse. I can't. This 9-2 to two is... Okay, anyway, I'll move on. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'll give you my opinion. Now, I, I have a little bit of intel, and, and take this forever it's worth, everyone, but I, I was at, a lot of you know, I was at Keeneland uh, a few weeks ago for my appearance, and I went to uh, Claiborne Farm, as you see my outfit. I also um, went to Coolmore, and let me just say this for everyone. I talked to a few people. Coolmore stands at, uh, excuse me, Munnings, the sire of Jack Christopher, stands at Coolmore. I, and, and Jack Christopher came up in conversation because people were excited that he was running on Derby Day. They already knew at that point. I talked to more than one person who said Jack Christopher is working unbelievably. These are not. This is not me talking. These are people at Coolmore who have either seen Jack Christopher work in person or know firsthand knowledge. So I don't know how he's going to do Saturday. I'm just going to tell you that 100% for sure he's been working fantastically. And the other thing I'll say... I don't know if you guys feel this way. I've seen much better Pat Day Miles. This Pat Day Mile doesn't do a lot for me. I don't think it's a real high-quality Pat Day Mile. I have two strong opinions I want to say. Jack Christopher, obviously, if he's ready, will win. Um, my interesting horse here is Papacat, and I'm sort of chuckling inside myself because uh, people that uh, follow this show or the Race Day blog know that I have hated Papacat, like all spring, all all derby prep long all this horse does is get good trips after good trips and doesn't really cash in and i've been completely against papa cat in uh, generally speaking however i thought he ran real well in the florida derby i know justin your your dad i'm assuming you also follow gulfstream quite a bit he surprised me i mean he was he took the lead at one point on the far turn i thought wow maybe this will be his day 
I love the turn back for Papacat. Um, he's been working well. I think he's getting better. Other than Jack Christopher, I see no reason why Papacat can't be a big play for you on Saturday. So I, I, I like the turn back. I love Flavian, obviously. Um, and I, look, at by the way, if you like Tomlinson, he's got a 473 Tomlinson number in the wet. So you figure he would handle an off track by Gunrunner, Scat Daddy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, the other one I'll mention quickly, Tejano Twist is interesting to me. I think he could be one of the better closers in this race. He's got buyers that fit. I'm not a huge fan of Joe Rocco, but he's got buyers that fit. It's a practical joke. I don't think the stretch out's going to be bad. I don't know. I don't like him on top. I'm just throwing out Tejano Twist as maybe a bomb underneath. But I really think this Papacat can run the best race of his career on Saturday. And if Jack Christopher is not ready, it would not shock me if Papacat upsets the field. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into, uh, by the way, Bittersweet. Thank you, Bittersweet. Appreciate that. One person likes Papa Cat. That's enough for me. Uh, All right, let's get into the pick five. And I'm going to go ahead and put us here uh, full screen as I bring everything up. Uh, Justin, this uh, late pick five, or not late pick five, excuse me, all six pick five. In general, I know you don't, you know, play a lot of pick fives. Is this pick five something you might dive into on Saturday? Do you like to at least play horizontally on big days? Or do you just totally play vertically? Um, I do every once in a while if I like a single. If I don't like a single, I'm not putting the money in. I don't like to bet crazy amount of money. So I'm only – if I like a single, I will play it for sure. Okay. That, good to know. You know what? Everyone's got different strategies. I mean, obviously, Justin can handicap, obviously. Um, you don't have to be a horizontal player to win money. I mean, some of my uh, best scores, I don't know about you, Paul and Pete, have been like trifectas where maybe a yeah, uh, bomb in second or third and what, you know, you have it a few times. So obviously there's a lot of ways in the game uh, to make money. We're going to hope to make some money for everyone right now is we're going to jump in to the all stakes pick five race, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12. Here we go. This is of course on Saturday. Uh, Justin, we're going to have you go first here as I go ahead and, uh, set up the screen that I want to. There it is. All right. Actually, we'll go full screen here for this. Uh, it starts in race eight, 248, approximately Eastern Standard Time. It's the Derby City Distaff. It's, for, it's seven furlongs for older fillies and mares on the dirt. Now, Justin, I think I sent this out to you. I know I sent this out to Paul and Pete. And if I did not send this out to you, Justin, I want to greatly apologize in front of all of YouTube world. The number one Lady Rocket is going to be out. Lady Rocket is not running on Saturday. Uh, That was per the connections as of yesterday. It was also on Twitter today. That is a major scratch in this race, especially from a pace perspective. The Moyne Line favorite um, as of, well, not as of now. The Moyne Line favorite is the number two just one time. A real nice PA bread for uh, Cox and Pratt. Uh, So my first question to you, Justin, is were you aware of the scratch? And number two, would that affect how you're playing this race? Yeah, I was not aware of it, and that completely changes the pace of the race. <laughs> then I feel awful. I greatly apologize. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you a well, chance. I have my opinion now that I know that. I'm sorry? I do have an opinion now that I know okay, that. Okay, because I, I can skip to the others if you want to come back. You're good? No problem. Yeah, say I was going to assume this is probably similar to a rematch from the Madison, and now you add in Edgeway. Um who I think is now going to be the speed, but I think he could have sat second off of Lady Rocket previously, but 
I think this horse is going to go to the lead. And that last race he came off of was, was very, very good. So um, I think that's going to be my pick now. I was on Bell's the one um, yeah. who has just been an unbelievably consistent horse and was a little further back last time and kind of made an early move and just one time kind of caught him at the end. But I mean, that horse is as consistent as it comes. And if I'm going to bet my money on someone at five, six to one, Bell's the one was probably the one I was going to play. Justin, what are your top three? I'll switch it so people can see on the screen. You're going seven. Are you going seven, two, four now? Or you have to yeah, readjust that's everything? Fine. Yeah. Seven, two, four. Okay. Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to see. Uh, and by the way, uh, again, uh, our co-hosts and guests do not know each other's picks. So this is the first time on the bottom of the screen, Justin, you see the scroll there. You'll see everyone's uh, top three picks. And we can talk a little bit longer. Uh, Justin, you like uh, Edgeway, and you have the number two um, just one time. Boy, is she good right now. Justin. Yeah, yeah, say a little bit concerned with Edgeway going seven furlongs. Um but I don't think there's going to be a ton of pace here unless Kamari decides that, that he wants to go straight to the lead. I mean, that's been kind of a weird horse. I had some serious doubles to Kamari in the Breeders' Cup that that horse did not perform on the turf there. A golden pal went crazy there. But, yes, I mean, just one time is, seems to keep me improving. Um, I just don't know how much of that last race is as accurate as it looks, a little muddy and – uh, I think it was kind of a fast pace, but I mean, I don't know if there's going to be a ton of pace here unless the three sends, which Tyler doesn't seem to to do that very often, but I think Edgeway might hold on here. Okay. Uh, Pete, we'll go to, you've got uh, the horse that just was talking about just one time who I, I didn't love last time, to be honest. I was, I, I, I wanted to see it one more time and boy, she shoved it right up my, my giggy and, and, and won again. <laughs> Yeah, there's a couple things. I mean, obviously you like two for two since since entering the Cox Barn second time with Pratt. Um, he's run on an off track, likes the, you know, undefeated on the distance. So all the obvious numbers. And then the one thing I liked, I watched the the race two back again, and and I it basically lost a ton of ground. And four graces kind of just sat a perfect trip, and and still just sort of mowed her down at the end. And then the last one was just another one, just out closing bells, the one, which is a trick in itself. I mean, anytime you can, you could outclose her and sort of fly by her too. I mean, it looked closer than it probably was. I just think this one is in such great form right now. And again, with Cox and Pratt, you know, that they're, you know, she's going to show up and she's going to run her race. The only thing I, I, I almost, yeah, I don't know if you want to. Well, I just, up, the, the three, stretch four, drive but... is the stretch drive is pretty good on this one. Yeah, we'll show the stretch again. Look, I mean, if you look again, three, four, five, six, seven are all coming yep. out of the race last time. I guess you want to focus on the four and five. I'll let you, Pete, since this is your horse. I'll let you. Well, let me I go mean, back you can. Yeah, bit. you can really just. Here's the five. The end. Go ahead. Yeah, the, I mean, the the four on the outside is is um just one time. Just one time, and you could see she actually rolled from. I think, if I remember correctly, she rolled from last and just sort of swept the field. Bell's the one was in front of her, sort of got the jump. And you assume if Bell's the one gets the jump on you, it's going to be hard to catch because she's such a monster closer and always runs her race. So, yeah, you see her sort of sweep in there. So she had been in last pretty much and sweeps the field and she's following yeah. Bell's the one and, and just out kicks her at the end and even doesn't get a straight shot, has to sort of go around her. So I just sort yeah. of think that one is in shape. And then one other one I'll just mention who I love because I was going skinny here with just – 
the two if I was doing a, when I do the pick five is obligatory. I know that's your horse, so I don't want to steal your thunder too much. No, no, go ahead. I just thought her last race, watching that replay of her last race, she ran like someone who went from th- a horse that went from three to four and just improved in leaps and bounds. Now, again, wasn't the greatest field in the world, but it was a solid field. But she won it like you're supposed to. She swept the field. She she engulfed them. And then she just, you know, she ran away like it was a workout. And I sort of just think maybe if she comes back and she's a much better horse, which that 95 buyer and her first one off a nice layoff shows, then you don't know. I think the sky's the limit for this one. She's she's one of she's one of my daughters, as everyone knows. Yeah, I know from, you from, love her from last year. Um, this was a pretty weak field, but I, this it was is a, weak. It, but you know, I'll take this, it anyway. Uh, Pete, is this not the perfect prep though? I mean, this is absolutely a well, perfect prep, right? Yeah, that's what I mean. I mean, you get some fitness, and and not even just that. It still popped the the buyer top or lifetime yeah. buyer top. She pops that anyway against the field that wasn't that great. It wasn't like it was some hot pace that you know super hot pace that she ran into. She did it. Per- completely professionally and swept the field and just sort of one going away. And I love that. So the pace situation here is going to be fascinating. And uh, Justin, I agree that Tyler's not usually a send, but I mean, what is center aisle? Center aisle has to go, yeah. right? I mean, I, yeah, I, the, she just broke the only bad chance she time. has is to go, right? You would think? Yeah. Yeah. So, so center aisle has to go. You can see my picks on the screen, everyone. Um, when there, when the scratch occurred, I immediately went to Edgeway. So, Justin, I think we're sort of thinking the, yeah. the same way here. And Paul also has the seven. Uh, I Paul, think Edgeway I could chance... sit. I think Edgeway yeah. could sit second, too, if, if Center Isle sends. I, mean, I think that would be better. Um, but I think Edgeway could get the lead by herself. Paul, is that what you're thinking, that Edgeway might sit, get the lead? You have the source on top, Paul. Go ahead. Yeah, I went into the – at first glance, I just uh, – I loved just one time last time, and I, I want to talk about her a little – but uh, I went into this thinking that both she and Bell's the one would be tough. And then I looked at the race flow and I said, you know, I look at this race as kind of being opposite of the eight Bell's tomorrow, which we talked about last night and I think is going to kind of melt down. Uh, I, I think this this race is going to be one from on or near the pace. And uh, especially with Lady Rocket out, I think Edgeway sits, uh, sits a perfect trip. I agree with Justin. I don't think she has to go to the lead. I think seven furlongs, you want to be out there. Johnny V can kind of pick and choose what he wants to do. But Just One Time is a great story. I, I, I happen to know I wrote about her last summer. Uh, two guys named Don Brown and Tom McClay bought the mayor, Ida Clark, in full to not this time for only $45,000. And this ended up being the full. It looks like after two starts ago, it looks like they sold a piece sold the horse and kept the piece. But uh, Tom McClay, you'll be interested how it went to college in Boston at Wentworth. And the first time he ever went to the track was with his roommate's father who took them to Suffolk Downs. So between being <laughs> wow. a, between being a PA bred and, and Tom McClay, the co-breeder being a Suffolk Downs first track experience, I'm rooting for the two regardless of who I play. I hear you. Justin, by the way, Paul writes uh, for the Saratoga Special. He's a, a journalist as well, uh, and, and he writes, uh, does a lot of great work for the Saratoga Special in Saratoga Springs. So um, that's uh, one of many reasons why I love having Paul uh, on the show. Um, hey, Howard, can I can I just tangent that for a sec? Hey, Paul. I love Pete having the show because Pete always has great ideas and great numbers. So No, this isn't ahead, a Pete. number. This one's not a number. I actually watched, right. I watched Birdstone 
beat Smarty Jones in the Belmont at Suffolk oh. Downs because I lived in I lived in Boston for a couple of years, so I used to go to Suffolk. So I actually watched that race at Suffolk. Weird place because I've only been there, only was there a, f- a few times and saw one of the more historic Belmonts just to watch. I'll, I'll end the conversation to start this pick five. We do have four more races to talk about, including the Derby. I hope Johnny V sits. I, I think Center Isle is going to go, guys. I really do. I mean, she has to go. But the great thing about Edgeway here is Johnny's going to – this horse has a lot of natural speed. And Johnny's going to peek to his left. He's going to look to his left. If Center Isle goes, she can sit off. Uh, if she doesn't go – Edgewood looks absolutely clear on the lead. But here's the weird thing, guys. I think Edgewood might be better sitting off. I mean, look at her races, right? I mean, she she ran lights out in the Breeders' Cup just off the pace. Um, her, You know, last time she was a little bit off the pace. It wasn't a great field. But, you know, when she's on the lead, it just doesn't look like she fires as well. Even going back, look back to like in, uh, you know, it, last year, these 94s are two of her better races just off the lead. Anyway, you look at it. Um, and if Edgeway's on, on, on a slow, easy lead, I, I don't see anything wrong with that either. Anyway, I like Edgeway a lot here uh, because of the scratch mainly. I, my second choice would be obligatory. Uh, you guys already said everything that needs to be said. And not because I had her last year in the Binky. Binky. Howard's Binky. I, I love this horse, but I, I think you guys are right. I'm not sure it's going to set up for her. And as good as she is, this is a very good field. So I'm going 7 uh, 5 2 uh, here we go. Just one time is gonna have to prove to me again. I, I don't know. I, I have nothing against the horse. I just, I, I, if she's gonna close, I think that's gonna be a major problem. But Pratt is so damn good. He'll probably find a way to get this horse home again. Um, all right, let's get on to the uh, next race. That it's gonna be a really nice race to kick out the uh, the pick five here. Race nine is the next race on the docket. And Paul Hallard, you're gonna be going first here, sir. Race nine is the American turf. Again, we're going to assume that everything's going to be on the turf. We have to assume that the turf is definitely going to be wet, though, and soft. Uh, I'd be shocked if it's not. Uh, it's grade two for males, three-year-olds. They're going a mile and a 16th. Moine line favorite. It's a big It's a big field of 11. The Moine line favorite here at seven to two is one for Graham Motion, Dog and Irad. Uh, let me go ahead and switch the banners here. Uh, Paul, who do you like in this race? Uh, I have the six on top, Howard. I'm uh, Again, I'm on Team Chad. He, this is a great uh, angle for him, a graded stakes off the layoff on the turf, 32%, although everything's a good angle for him. Um, you know, Side Dog is running very well, obviously, three for three. Uh, is, is a little pace dependent, so we'll have to see how that plays out. And, and again, you know, portfolio company is a horse who figures to go and he's coming off a layoff and you might have trepidation, but it's, it's just, Chad has these horses uh, ready to go. And uh, you know, I don't know what he's going to go off at, but if he's nine to two, I'm going to take my chances with Chad and a graded stakes off the layoff. And you've got side uh, dog who you mentioned uh, in second, who, uh, what I really like about Side Dog, this is an angle that I've learned a lot over the last few years, especially horses that close into slow paces. Uh, I mean, he did that against a decent field last time at Keeneland. Paul. Yes, uh, I, I again, I, I agree, Howard. I, I think he can be on the board re- pretty much regardless of the pace. I think when I said he's pace dependent, I was really kind of thinking more on the win end. 
but uh, I think this horse could be right, right in the picture regardless. He's running very well, and you know, you give Graham Motion uh, a good turf horse. Uh, you know, he he knows what to do with them. So, uh, you know, his numbers are okay. He's 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 progressed slightly. Uh, he does have the recency advantage over the six coming off that race at Keeneland. So, yeah, I, I think he could be a handful. And I want to give you your just due, Paul, because Pete also has this price shot in third Royal Spirit. Yeah, I was, you know, again, looking for someone to pick third. Uh, the horse is on the board four out of six. And, you know, again, uh, 15 to one morning line, Todd, Tyler, uh, seems to hit the board. His numbers are not far off of uh, uh, the horse next to him, Side Dog. Side Dog's got an 82. He's got a 79 on the buyer. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he's a good board play. That's strictly strictly underneath. Okay. Uh, Pete, you also like Side Dog on top. Let's talk about your second choice, if you don't mind. Dawood Giac, Chief, 10 to 1, a speed horse that James Graham bobblehead very underrated jockey. I've talked about him a lot uh, on this show. I assume you think he ha- might has a chance to steal this on the front end. Yeah, that's my thought. My thought is if is he can clear. The one thing I liked is if you threw out the if you threw out the Ruby or he just didn't run in the in the Jeff Ruby stakes and he came off that eighty eight buyer win by five at this distance, what would his odds be? I feel like he would be lower than ten. I'm not saying he's going to be the favorite or anything, but I feel like he would be lower. So I think just because he's got a little muddy muddy entry on that top line there that maybe you're getting a better price than you you normally would and again if i can just get speed on the top i think this is potentially the best speed if he can clear so anytime i can get that i'm going to take it especially at a price i want to mention to the viewers you see this number uh, uh at the top this one this red number of 150 time form that is and just i don't know if you follow time form figs or not but uh, I know Brisnet's got early and late pace, uh, late pace figs also. Yep. 150 is absolutely flying early. Just to give you everyone some context, the Breeders' Cup distaff at Del Mar last year, which we talked about yesterday, was a 156 early pace. And that was like the fastest early pace I think I've ever seen for a two-turn race. So what I'm just trying to – I'm actually – I'm giving Pete credit, and the more I like this 11 – is that the reason if he got caught up in a crazy fast pace, Pete, and it didn't exactly completely fall apart against Tiz the Bomb. So I, I by the way, I have this I have the eleven as a B. I I, I think he's interesting. Can, uh, I, just, can I say one thing? Oh sorry, I was just gonna say before about the eight. The one thing I like too at the fifteen to one that Paul mentioned is coinage is six to one. And if you look Two back beat coinage and even last year beat coinage. So it's another one where maybe you're catching a price when coinage looks i don't i don't know they're they're playing coinage ahead of royal spirit maybe because again that last race looks a little looks a little sloppy for royal spirit fifth by eight maybe they don't like that but you're getting that horse at 15 when coinage if you like coinage at all at six you kind of have to like royal spirit at 15 maybe depending on if you like whether he'll get the trip or not you're not possibly saying that the morning line's a bit off are you hey we don't don't need to do that four days in a row now do we we don't Um, hey justin i'm i'm sorry your face is covered up with this comment this because we have a lot of people do do you want to comment on this question at the bottom of the screen um what do you use for pace numbers uh um i look i look a lot at the early pace um figures on brisnet that's kind of how i come up with my paces late pace all that kind of stuff 
Okay, so you, you use Bruce Knight. Uh, yeah. Justin, you've got the five here uh, yeah. on on top. Uh, Belinikov coming in for D'Amato and uh, Franco, who was in Europe, uh, has one race, the Singletary. By the way, love that horse. Uh, back at Breeders' Cup memory. Um, ran very well, just lost to Sumter. What do you like about uh, Belinikov? Yes, yeah, so I think coming to the U.S., the horse ran a right, broke a little slow, Um and was uh, I think it was only a five or six horse field, but Sumter was on the lead, um, and he kind of closed on him and basically lost a terrible head bob. Um, but I think second time here, um, maybe break a little bit better. But I'm kind of playing this race as potential of a good amount of speed. So um, I think he was closing pretty well. There's there's the slow everyone just saw. There's the stutter step sort of uh, typical of Euros, right? Justin, yeah, this happens definitely. first time out. You see, it's a broke, you know, broke a little slow. It took a little while for him to gather, and we'll just show the end of the race if you want to comment right here. Yeah, it looks like he goes by here and ends up losing the bob. And so you're expecting improvement. I'm assuming the uh, softer turf won't bother him at all. Is your is your thought? Yeah. Yeah, we absolutely. Still don't know how he lost. <laughs> yeah, that was. I don't think you want to, You don't want to keep seeing that replay in photo no. because <laughs> I'm not looking I, forward to another photo like that. I got to be honest, I actually had him that day too, Justin. I couldn't believe yeah. he lost. That was a brutal photo. Um, hey, yeah, see, I, oh, sorry. Go, go ahead, ahead, Justin. No, go ahead, Justin. Oh, um, yeah, see, I agree a little bit with the 11. Um, his last three starts as a three-year-old have really stepped up here. My only concern is Coinage has a little bit of speed too, so I'm not a fan of two speed horses coming from the outside. And last out, main event, wired the field. And I don't think there's any chance Jose has given up this lead here after running the way he did last time. So I'm a little worried of a kind of a fast pace here. Um, Jose's uh, what horse is he? Oh, he's on the uh, two main event. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah, let me go to main event so people can just see what we're talking about. Uh, and again, if you're listening, uh, main event is the two horse who also shows some speed. I do want to push back a little bit, Justin. And listen, we you, you don't never know about jockey intent, blah blah blah. But yeah. because I am a time form guy a bit, I just want to mention that the audience here that main event has an 89 early pace time form fig. The aforementioned coinage has a 93 early pace. But then you go to the 11, 112, Justin. So at least yeah. according to time form and Craig Wolkowski, um, bobblehead James Graham on the 11 should be able to clear. If he wants, uh, do you, and any comment on, on, on that? Yes. I think it's, it all depends on the break. Who sure. is going to get out the gate that first step right away. And yeah. you got Jeru on the 10 right next to him. And yeah. he's definitely can, he can do what he needs to do. Uh, you have the, you've stolen base for Flavian in second that no one's mentioned yet. Yeah. See the nine stolen base, his last three rate, four races actually have been very good. He's going to be really coming from, from last. I'm thinking, um, but he's been on the synthetic his last two times, um, ran consistent with his turf race three starts back. Um, I mean, he's going to be closing deep. And if you think it's going to be a little bit of speed up there, I think he's going to be one that it's going to be a big number. So you got to play him. Uh, Steven has a question at the bottom of the screen. Well, it's not really a question. It's more of a statement. But, Justin, I think he meant it to be a question. Uh, when we show these, When we show these picks – on, on the board, I'm assuming uh, Stephen just wants to know uh, those are your those that's who you played in exactos and tries as well. Obviously, right? I would assume. 
Yeah, yeah. The only one that I am, I, my goal here was to to actually play Exactus and tries with the seven as well um, on top. I think he is definitely a runner, and if you're going to play off of speed, he's going to be closing for sure. But I also like um, the four Red Danger, who ran second to main event and kind of sat fourth and fifth there. But this horse just keeps running his race all the time and. Um, he's going to be a decent number as well. So <clears throat> I'm going to play around the five and seven on top and see if the four or nine can run in there with them. Uh, I agree with you, Justin. I mean, you see the bottom of the screen, I've got seven, five. Uh, I like, I, we, again, I, we'll, we'll move quickly. Uh, I, I want to, I know people probably, I hope people are interested in my opinion, but I want to show a lot of respect to my co-hosts and guests here. Cause I can go and talk forever. Um, I, I again, I love side dog. The fact that he uh, is second off the layoff uh, by slumber, I, I don't think that the soft turf is going to be an issue. And closing into this is not going to be a slow pace. At least on paper, it doesn't look that way. I like slide uh, side dog at uh, seven to two. I agree with Justin with uh, Balnikov. Slightly concerned. Oh, Demato's not great shipping, but Little Red Feather uh, is not going to send here. You know, if they don't think that he has a big shot, so. Um, yeah, I like the five. And then I've got Portfolio Company. We haven't really talked about that much for Chad coming off a layoff, uh, but ran well last year as a two-year-old. And Chad's going to come, uh, you know, with his runners ablazing here on a huge day. So I'm going seven, five, six. I'm also using uh, two eleven as Bs. So, Justin, I agree a little bit with you on the two. I've got two eleven as Bs in case the speed holds up. And I've got the nine as a C again, Justin thinking maybe if a complete falls apart, I'm against coinage completely. I don't like the 10 here at all. Yeah, uh, personally. Me too. All right. Uh, let's move on guys. And I'm going to selfishly go first. If you guys don't mind on uh, this next race. So let's go ahead and flip uh, to the next race of the day. This is race 10. As I go ahead and switch, I got three things, three. There you go, folks. There's the picks on the, on the bottom of the screen. Uh, let's talk about the Churchill Downs sake. This is one of my favorite races of the year, actually, guys, because it brings together some of the best sprinters in the country. It's seven furlongs. How about three quarters of a million dollars for this purse? Of course, they're running maiden races for 120, so I guess what's the big deal to run for 750? Uh, they're going seven furlongs, older horses. The Moyline favorite <laughs> at five to two. At five to two, I, I'm moving on, Paul. At five to two is Ch Jackie's Warrior, who is an absolute beast. Uh, stumbled, you know, on, on his toes last time in the uh, Breeders' Cup sprint. I am going, as you can see on the screen. I'm not being real cute here. I'm going three, five, one. Uh, Jackie's Warrior on paper looks like he's going to get the lead, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this is a really, really good horse. I mean, everyone knows this horse. Uh, if you're against Jackie's War because the last race, in my opinion, don't be. That was a very fast pace. He got pushed the entire way. And Rosario didn't really press on him that much late. I think it's a perfect prep. I have no concern about the distance because um, he likes Churchill. He uh, handles the slop. Uh, he got a mile last year in the Pat Day mile. I think this horse is going to be 6-5. to five. He has a 137 early time form rating. There is some other tactical speed in this race, but there's no one that can go with Jackie's Warrior. If Jackie's Warrior breaks, 
this is your winner, ladies and gentlemen, and I would single him and weigh on this horse very, very heavily. Uh, my sort of cute horse, I don't know about cute horse, but reinvestment risk would be my second choice. Has the buyers to fit, but I don't think he's faced, I actually faced Jackie's War a lot when he was a two-year-old. Um, reinvestment risk, for some reason, guys, I don't think is quite as good as his buyer, and I can't really say why. He's got just perfect trips. I just don't think he's as good as Jackie's Warrior, even though the numbers might say that he is. Um, but I think I've got him for second. I suppose if something happens, this is the horse that I want. And then I have Aloha West, who I loved last year in the Breeders' Cup. And I'm still pissed to this day, Justin, as I played in the BCBC and actually made a run up to 13th at one point, that I did not go Aloha West with loves uh, and pair him up with a horse because I liked Aloha West in this race and just had a, a little bit of a win bet, not enough really to make a difference. Um, I don't like this spot in general because I don't like the rail going seven and uh, I'm not sure this race is going to fit his clothes and he's off a layoff. So I guess Aloha West can win, but I'm a bit negative to him in this race on Saturday. Justin, I'll have you go second. Uh, you have Jackie's Warrior on top also. Yep, yes. I think that last race was a prep and still ran huge on on the figures here. I'm a little bit against Aloha West. I'm curious if something happened um, after that race and maybe a little bit too much of a celebration maybe, but I am <laughs> going to be a little bit against Aloha West. I'm possibly exact as here, but I will not be playing Aloha West. The other horse I like, the 7 Mind Control, um, Second off the layoff for Pletcher. Um, last year was running some some serious figures and say ran all right in the uh, coming back off the layoff. And Johnny V's back aboard now, so I think that horse is going to be a, possibly a decent price. He's as honest as the day is long. You know that's a horse that Paul and Pete uh, have seen a lot out on the East Coast. Just a real nice six year old. And then real quick, anything about Cezanne you want to mention, Justin? You got him third. Yeah, I have him in there. If it wasn't Pletcher who got this horse, I'd be completely against him. Um, but I'm sure Pletcher wouldn't put him here if he wasn't ready. So I'm sure he's going to sit second, third, or, and be cl closing coming home. Well, that's a perfect transition to Paul because, Paul, you've got Cezanne on top. Yeah, I like Cezanne in this race. Now, having said that, I've seen a lot of Jackie's Warrior. Jackie's Warrior going a mile last year at the Pat Day Mile went forty-three and three and held on and won. So, and he, <laughs> yeah, that was he a complete. About, I remember that. What a throwdown that was! Oh my god, unbelievable! And and as Justin just said, you know, it, it didn't look like he could have been cranked up any more than seventy percent last time. Uh, you know, that was a race he was going to win, and Asterson knew it. And you know, it was a perfect prep. Having said that, and, and, and Justin kind of stole my thunder, you know, this is uh, this this horse has gone to Todd Pletcher. This is uh, no, you know, nothing against Tim Yachtin, but uh, it's Pletcher, it's Pratt. I, I think he has a good spot. And, again, obviously Jackie's Warriors is a straight A, but I think Cezanne has, you know, a decent chance to pull an upset. And in a sequence where you might have a lot of people singling Jackie's Warrior and Caveman tickets, I think maybe you might get a little separation if you can get Cezanne home. So I'm going to have Cezanne as another A in the race. 
Yeah, for sure. Pete, I don't know if you want to, I don't mean to shortchange you. I'll, no, I'll no, have you no, go no. first the next race, but I'm not sure if there's anything you'd like to add, but feel free. You've got uh three, one, five. So you and I are thinking very similar in this race. No, nothing really. I think the only thing, two quick ones, if you're, if you're trying to find a, a, a chink in Jackie's warrior's armor, which there really isn't one against this field, most likely is anytime it's the only races he's had close last year were at seven, seven and, and one. So at, at the mile and, and the two, seven furlong races were where, I mean, but they were, you know, life is good and, and <laughs> top notch horses. So I'm not saying that yeah. these horses are them, but just, just, if you're trying to find something, some reason to beat them, um, the only other reason would be if somebody goes crazy and tries to run with them, which they generally can't do, but if it wears them out for some odd reason. And the only other one with the, with the five is the, I think the last late, the last line could have even looked a little better. I was so confused watching the replay as to why, why Manny took that horse for no reason rushed up to try and get the lead from, speaker's corner and just rushed up and used the horse really early and it just didn't have enough left and it sort of sat so i was completely confused by that ride i thought maybe i don't know if it would have won the race because speaker's corner is so good but i think it would have maybe been a better line and a better looking line if if he would have just been patient with him i think well from what i understand he did that because the pace was slow and speaker's corner was on the outside didn't really go pete he just sort of yeah he just sort of sat like the four path and the rail was open. I think I don't. You know, I don't really mind aggressiveness. He he took a shot. I mean, he still ran well. So, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that was it. The 107 going seven furlongs that that bothered you. The 107 buyer. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's, that's terrible. Right? Life yeah, is that's good. terrible. I've said if you're trying to find something, no, you know, no, I'm just trying to be contrarian a little bit. No, no, no I know. You know what's weird <laughs> about this race, guys, is there's really no one to go with Jackie's War yet. I still have a feeling that a lot of these guys are going to sort of sit and just hope something happens because. If they send, it's like a suicide mission, right? So, I mean, I just, I don't I mean, know. You're the, not going to, none of these horses can really outrun them. I mean, I definitely would single them just for, you know, I know you want to, everybody else is going to have the free square and you hate to do that, but, you know, yeah. I don't want to add horses or go with other horses just to be, just to be slick and wind up ripping the ticket up. That's why you play ABCs because, <laughs> I mean, I have, I have Bs. I've won five seven as Bs just in case. Or, excuse me, one five eight. Excuse me, one five eight is Bs. We didn't talk about prevalence. We're going to move on. Um, I really liked prevalence the last two races. This is just a completely different animal. Uh, well, the pun intended and not pun intended. The race is totally different. But, you know, prevalence is really good right now, too. Maybe this is the one, guys, that puts pressure on Jackie's Warrior. Um, I, I I don't see him beating Jackie's Warrior and holding off others, but maybe prevalence is the one, guys, uh, with uh, Tyler that, that may go. Uh, all right, let's get into the uh, next race. We're doing great on time, guys. Again, thank you, everyone, for watching. We've got, wow, over 200 people right now watching on YouTube. That does include people watching uh, on Twitter and a lot of other places. So thank you very much for uh, watching as we're getting up to the main event here. Let's go to race 11, guys. And uh, I believe it's Pete's turn. So, And if it's not, it is Pete's turn anyway. So we'll just say it's Pete's turn. Uh, Pete, race 11, as I go ahead and switch here. And go full screen and do my three switches. Let's go to it. There are the picks on the screen, uh, everyone. Race 11. This 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 race has had like a zillion different sponsors, it feels like, over the years. This is the Old Forester Bourbon Turf Classic Grade 1. It's the best turf race of the weekend in terms of purses. $1 million. They're going a mile and eighth. This is for older males. You see the field starting with Ivar going down to number 10. Santine or Santin. The morning line favorite here, guys, is the number six, Sheryl Spite, 
coming off a nice win in the Makers Mile, I believe, uh, at Keeneland for Atfield and Saez. But, uh, Pete, you're going with the number eight for, guess who, Chad Brown and Flavian Pratt. It's Adhamo. Yeah, shocker. Yeah, I, I mean, not not exactly a surprise when you have that connection. And I see three of us have them have them winning, and Justin has them in second. So I don't think we're too different here. But the one thing I liked, I mean, just watching the again, aside from the connections, you just watch the replay, and it was just a monster closing trip. I mean, the pace was the pace was hot, so it's not like it's not like they were crawling up front, and he still closed into it. But I just thought that closing kick was amazing. And then I thought actually watching the race. If he would have swung out on the turn, I think he wins, not comfortably, but a little, I think he easily goes by. He he sort of waited and didn't swing out on the turn. And when they hit the stretch, then he kicked out, I think, a, a path next to the horse in front of them. So I think if he swings, he wins that race. And then I, he, could, he should probably be the favorite in this race. But so I just think the monster closer, you got Pratt now. So he'll be a little more tactical, hopefully. He'll get him in better position earlier. Plus, I think there's just potentially for a ton of speed with with Tribuvan and um, who's the other? There's another one who I think between Tribuvan and some of the other speed in here. I think even if it doesn't heat up, it's going to be it's going to be a definitely an honest enough pace for for this horse to come off come off and hopefully get a, a little closer trip so it doesn't have as much to do. Uh, and you have the uh, six in second there. You have uh, Cheryl Spite. Um, well, I don't want to, I don't want to steal your thunder. I don't, I don't want to do the source in this race, Pete, to be honest. The six. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I mean, I didn't either, actually. I, I like the fact, I mean, I'm always a sucker for a horse when they, when they come back from whether it's, you know, three to four, four to five, and they come back and they, and their figures steadily improve. Now this horse is, is, is getting a new buyer top every single race and just running better and better. And it's not like it's running against you know, worse horses. It's going from an option of claimer grade three, grade one, still winning races and doing them impressively off the pace. So again, I'll be reliant on some pace and never has gone has never run the mile and an eighth, but I figured the, the late, the late fractions um, look like they're good enough to where I think you can, you can expect that this horse will be able to, to get the extra distance with no problem. And just based on the running style, you assume will. So I figure I got to put this one in just because it's in such good form that it's hard to leave off. Uh, I'm, let's, let's go to, to Justin here. Cause Justin's got a very, I, I checked to make sure the numbers were right that you said, Justin, <laughs> they are, I don't mean it, no disrespect. I just, it was so, you know, aberrational aber, different than, than the rest of us had. You are going with the two now. Now I think you got to explain your sweatshirt. At least you got to show it a little bit. Yeah, maybe, this maybe this might be a little biased right. opinion. Yeah, it's I got okay. My, I got my Ravelli gear on. Um, there you my go. My dad owns some horses with Ravelli and, we're good friends with the owners of the Patricia's Hope LLC, so definitely cheering for them here. Um, here's Can the I, thing before about, you talk, before sorry, before you talk yeah. about Busy Channel, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm sure people believe me. I'm not going to bring up on my screen. I had Busy Channel last time because I like the price. I know that this Ravelli always runs this horse well off layoffs, and I think a lot of people were surprised that he won last time. I was not. I'm sure you didn't. Maybe you and your dad had a nice cash on that one, but uh, th this is a real honest horse. Go ahead. Yeah, say his last race here, um, he just sat off the pace, didn't try to go to the lead, and say this he really proved himself last time out. So, I mean, I think if he can run back to this, and the real thing here is I'm assuming there's something going on with this four horse, same owner as the eight. They're, they're putting Manny Franco on. 
they're sending this horse blitzing like a madman and the, it's just going to set up for Pratt. So I'm hoping that the four doesn't send like a madman and busy channel just sits right behind them. Other than those two, there's not a ton of speed. So if they, if Manny Franco wants to get a little bold and not send like a madman, maybe busy channel has a chance sitting second and there's not enough, not enough pace for them to close into, but there's no chance we're getting 30 to run 30 to one on busy channel. What do you think he'll go off at? I would think probably 15, 18 to one. Okay. Uh, Val place. I had to also double check <laughs> to make sure that that was the right horse. <laughs> Val place is a good guy. Justin, I love the creativity. I don't think this horse has a chance in hell, no disrespect whatsoever, because I love the horse. And you yeah. and I have seen this horse run in person probably several times in Arlington, right? And this horse yeah. always runs. It's not like he doesn't have figs in the past that aren't competitive. I mean, he's run yeah. some high 90s buyers. I just, so many things have to go right for this horse to win. But if he, like, hangs on for third or something, that yeah, would shock me. Yeah, saying exactes and tries, yeah, it's going to sure. pay for sure. Absolutely. wouldn't shock me at all, and he's in good form. You know, uh, so I love your creativity. Yeah. Um, I don't think this race is as monstrous as we no. normally get for these grade one no. turf races. I mean, Agreed. you normally get for the Ragason people out there, you get some horses running sixes and sevens, and you're not really going to get that here. So you never know getting a horse. Obviously, it came from an allowance race at Keeneland, but the rest of the horses don't perform like serious grade one winners. I don't want to spoil numbers because I know some people are sensitive about giving out numbers with other speed figs, but does Busy Channel fit by the rags? His last race does, yeah. Okay, there there you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, take it for what it's worth. Justin wants to throw Busy Channel in there. Um, you, could, you could have worse, you know, 25 to 1 shots in my opinion. And you're right. I mentioned this. You guys are so smart and so fantastic because you're stealing some words out of my mouth in the race day blog that I am about to send out tomorrow morning for Friday. And then Saturday, I'll be sending out Saturday morning. I'm going to send out Saturdays. And what, you know, I, I said a lot of similar, you know, things that you guys have been saying uh, in, in this race and in other races too. So that that's great. And some other, what I hope to be, to be, excuse me, is creative opinions. Um, Paul, Thank we you. haven't got oh, to you oh, sorry. yet. I was going to say before we get to Paul, I had one creative stat for the for the listeners who I know they like the they like the, the silly stats on Tribuvan. If you're thinking of putting him in to to steal it up front, an odd one: Manny Franco and Chad Brown. The connection in graded stakes races: over twenty eight in wins over the last five years and nine for 28 in the money. So I don't know what that means. I don't know. He, he generally doesn't have a ton of maybe front end speed horses. So he puts these, he puts Manny on them to sort of set up like, like Justin said, they'll do here. But I think Tribuvan normally is a horse who's run these kind of races where he's gotten loose on the lead and can win, but maybe not yeah. with Manny on him. Uh, by the way, Justin, you're, I, I you got to come back on the show at some time because you're getting some love. Jared Bush likes Corrales, who I think is underrated. Wesley yeah, uh, Preble, underrated. sorry, Wesley Preble mentioned that English Channel is nice on soft turf. So listen, you're opening up some eyes. I, I think it's interesting. Um, Paul, uh, we all like at Hamo. I like at Hamo. Did you want to talk about the ten or some other horses here? I, I was just honored that I had the same three in order as you, Howard. You finally, you finally got a race right. That's terrific. I've learned from the best. I've le I learned from the best. <laughs> Uh, I do think uh, Tribuvan, uh, to Justin's point, is a, 
it it may not look like it exactly because he doesn't go the lead every race, but yeah, I think he is a dead dead set. He he cannot win the race without being on the lead. Uh, it's it's that simple. So uh, I would say there is going to be plenty of pace to run at, and you know I'm I'm looking at this this uh, Adamo, and um, you know that was just a tough beat. That was one of those. Uh, Races where you say, geez, this is Dallas Stewart winning with a 35 to one shot in the stakes race again. I believe that cavalry charge was like 35 to one in that race, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, yes, he was. Um, That's another result that pissed me off. But anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I was kind of rooting for this horse, not the 35 to one shot. I, I got seven to two on this horse, Howard. We were getting a bargain, you know, and. You know, he ran uh, four lengths back, but, you know, you look at the PPs and see St. Mark's Basilica in the PPs just less than a year ago with this horse, and you got to think that horse would be like, you know, 1 to 30 in this race. So um, I, I think, uh, you know, it's like the race last – this is the Chad Brown Invitational Part 2, although I like this one by far the best uh, of the three. I, I'm not really uh, – I don't really like Tribune Van – I think public sector is a solid B for me, but th this is the guy I like the best, the eight. Yeah, we haven't even – I mean, there's so many horses that we haven't talked about. I'm, I'm going to talk about a few uh, when I end uh, my comments on this race. What do you think uh, Tyler Gaffley is going to do, uh, uh, Paul, on the 10? Because we both have this horse in second. He's got blinkers on, so I guess that would automatically say maybe he's going to send – but I'm feeling this horse is better coming from off the pace. So I don't have any insight, but I'm just going to speculate that maybe this is more for focus purposes and not for early pace purposes. Any thought on that, Paul? Yeah, I, I'll be honest with you, Howard. I, I put him in there thinking and hoping he's going to run like you just said. I, I, I think if he sits second in this race, uh, he's got a much worse shot than if he's trying to come from fourth or fifth. And the only other thing I would say about the race, and I don't know if he's going to get bet, but I really don't like Cheryl's spite at, at low odds in this race. I think that was a very, uh, not a very weak, but not a very strong running of the maker's mark for a grade one. Yes, the source came from the clouds. He was nine to one. I think it's a classic case of last time was the time on, on that horse. So I'm kind of hoping he gets bet, uh, which might a portion, a little bit of value elsewhere. Um, I just see a comment question by Steven. Steven, I, I mentioned this earlier. I like the 11 in race 14. They, they, the, people want to just skip the derby and go right to the last two races of the card. The degenerate uh, special. There you go. Steven, I like the first time star of the 11 in race 14. Anyway, real quick, guys, before we get to the derby, wh what about the Ivar love? I mean, where, where's, you know, here we go. Dean likes Ivar. Uh, people are asking what happened to Ivar. Um, I, this layoff to me is a little concerning. I think he's better actually going shorter distance. At least that's my feeling, guys. I know how you feel about Ivar. Um, yeah, I thought he was. A, I thought he. I think he's better at a mile. And I had a yeah. stat that Lobo's 0 for 15 off this kind of lengthy layoff. 0 for 15 wins and 2 for 15 in the money off the the long layoff. So it doesn't seem like maybe he's going to be sharp and he's not doing what I think he does best. So maybe you'll be able to if he gets bet a little bit just from the back class. Maybe you can. He's someone you could beat. Take take that, Jim Pilars. There you go. No, Jim's my guy though. I can't go. I can't go against Jim though. Jim's my guy. Just so people know that are new to the show, I like to show a lot of stats. We don't have the time for it. 
uh, because we have so many races to cover. But we like to go these blue links on DRF Formulator. You can see, for example, if I click on Chad Brown, for those of you who don't know, the DRF Formulator uh, doesn't usually take this long. I don't know why it's taking this long. But anyway, uh, of course. Hey, Howard, since, since, while you're waiting for the screen, oh, there we go. Since, since, you, since you like the 10, I wouldn't click on the... Uh... So I, I wouldn't, if, if you don't want to be disappointed, I wouldn't click on the Brendan Walsh in grade one turf races stat. You might not, you might want Let to. Let me take a guess. It's bad. It's a 0 for 29, <laughs> but he hits the board though. 10 for 29 in the money. Okay. So I could see that 10 with the blinkers on just cranking up for third or something. Yeah. I, I and again, I don't want to give out my entire ABC grid. Uh, I, I hope people uh, spend a very small amount of money and look into purchasing my race day blog, which by the way, if I can selfishly say this weekend, I, it's three pages long. It's got a ton of information with horizontal and vertical plays. I highly encourage people to uh, look into the race day blog. Again, information below the uh, video player. And Justin, I won't forget about what you want to promote as well. So remind me uh, before the end of the night, Justin, to do that. Uh, public sector we haven't mentioned uh, is a nice horse for Chad coming off a layoff. Mirror Mission was right there with Cheryl's Spite. Anyway, there's a lot of horses you know, cavalry charge. There's a lot of horses we didn't really dive deep in. It's a great race. I love Adhamo for all the reasons everyone is saying. Adhamo is my lone A. Otherwise, to me, guys, you got to go like five or six deep in your A line. So I'm taking a stand there with Adhamo and hope that uh, he comes over the top. Ladies and gentlemen, it is about it is about that time. The 148th Kentucky Derby is coming up right here on the HHH. Racing podcast, the handicapping for it, the run for the roses. You got 23-year-olds going at it. It's going to be a fantastic race. If you are new to the show or you haven't been watching us this week, uh, we previewed all 20 horses uh, in detail in the last few episodes, the top, the bottom 10, and the top 10. So uh, we are going to deep dive, but maybe not quite as much as we normally would because we've talked in detail about every single horse that is in the Derby and I'm not going to, let's go ahead and show, I said, I'm not going to show the field, but I do have a graphic to show. So let me get this up. If I can get it up real quick here, the field, here it is. And boom, there it is. The Kentucky Derby. Let's go right to our uh, picks here. Uh, we all know, of course, it's for three-year-olds. It's, you know, it's, it's the classic. It's the American classic. You got 20 horses. The morning line favorite is the number 10, Zandon. I don't know if you guys got a peek at the bottom of the screen. Oh my yet, gosh, we might. Have but I, I, I think, yeah, I think everyone can just leave the podcast now because, and 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 mm. those of you that are those of you that are listening, you're wondering why I'm chuckling. On the bottom of the screen, we have a scroll with all of our picks. Every single one of us, all four of us, have the morning line favorite, Zandon. I'm almost embarrassed to say it. Uh, have the morning line. Favorite Zandon on top at three to one, but we got a lot to talk about in this race because obviously there's many things to do. And we're going to talk, guys. We'll, we'll, I'm going to put it at the 20 minute mark. We'll talk. We're going to go to about 9:50 Eastern Standard Time. We'll talk about this race for 20 minutes, including uh, Pete. We're going to show the the Pete Visco trifecta that's going to hit for thirty thousand dollars. <laughs> we'll show that too. We'll talk about uh, my super and a lot of other things. Uh, Justin Mustari as our Wonderful guests here tonight. You have the honor of going first as I go ahead and bring up the, not that, bring up the PPs for the Kentucky Derby. Justin is going 10. We're also going to show our pick five, so we got a lot to do, guys. Justin's going 10-1-5 in this race. Justin, what is it about Zandon 
that you fancy here in the 148th Kentucky Derby? Yeah, I say it's everything about the horse it looks great. The horse improved every single start. It looks like the distance. I mean, this horse can go two miles if she has to or he has to, but it's, I mean, I know the odds aren't going to be there, but it's just a horse that you have to put in to every type of exotics that you're playing. But these type of races, I haven't been a big better in Kentucky Derby. I haven't been a better for a lot of them. So I'm still trying to go through the process of how I want to eliminate horses, how I want to bet the race, all those kind of things. And I think you have to, I think you kind of have to hope for bad things for some horses for your, for your plays to win. And I am, I hate to say it, but I'm hoping that Epicenter does not break the way he normally does from that post. I don't like, I'm kind of hoping him to be further back than he's ever been. I know last out he was let's sit in third and ran very well and just looked like he rated perfectly fine. But I mean, what's going to happen if he's on the rail eight back? I mean, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. And I hope they bet him and he will not be on top and most likely not in second on any of my tickets. Um, but hopefully look elsewhere for some prices. And I think if you do catch some prices in, in a race like this, I mean, you you could have once in a lifetime scores. No question about it. Justin and I are thinking very similarly in this race. You also have the one in second. I've gone back and forth on this horse a little yeah. bit, Justin. And we showed, let me just show this for everyone. Uh, I think this is a really cool picture. There's something also on Twitter today. This right here, Justin, if you're not, is the new starting gate as of a few years ago. Yeah. I know you're, you, you know, fairly, I to say you're new to the game is not really fair, but you admittedly said that you yeah. haven't obviously just based on your age, which is totally understandable. You know, the, the, this is the new starting gate as of a few years ago. And I know Paul and I talked about this quite a bit in detail. For those of you who didn't see our show a few nights ago, if you see my cursor on the right side of the screen, second from the right, you see a gentleman there, and I, I believe it's a man, uh, in tan. This right here, believe it or not, is where the one hole used to be all the time up till literally about three years ago. And now, Justin, you can see the one. I, I think this is last year's. Uh, Derby. This is a good 10 feet. So the one hole is not nearly as bad, Justin, as it used to be. I think it's like the three path they say now. Yeah. What is it like about Modonigal, Justin? Yes. If Modonigal drew anywhere else but the one post, I think he'd be my top pick. His last okay. race in the Wood Memorial, I think, is was unbelievable for him to improve like that. And I think they were kind of setting him up to improve like that. And that's the that's the race he did. And figures prove it. Um, I just was really upset to see him draw the one post, but I'm going to get suckered into playing him in exactas and tries. I know it. And, but I mean, who else do you want but Pletcher and Irad to say, okay, please, Irad, don't break dead last. And which I don't think he will. I think he's faster than it looks, but I think if the horse can sit, let's say 12th on the rail, I'd be very happy turning for, at the first turn. And let's go with Smile Happy for third. None of us have – want to double check. Again, none of us have Smile Happy in the top three except for you. This is, of course, the son of Run Happy. And I believe some guy from Houston who owns some mattresses or something might have a few dollars on this horse, uh, Justin. <laughs> what is it you like about Smile Happy, who I believe – who's 21 morning line. I've got to believe he's going to be bet down from that. Um, I don't yeah. know what to do with this horse. I, th this horse, to me, I think a lot of people have very, very – difference of opinions on smile happy yeah say i didn't i didn't love him 
um, after he ran second to epicenter. And I think Zandon really didn't prove how good he was until the last time, last time out. And he did run second to Zandon. So I don't know. I think the horse is still improving. I think there's potential there. I'm not a huge Flannery fan. Um, but I mean, this horse is going to be closing. I think he's going to get a good trip. So I think in exotics, if you get 15 to one on him, and maybe he's even better odds than some exactas or tries, but I don't, I don't like a lot of things elsewhere. So I think he's going to be one of the ones on my tickets. Uh, Justin, I assume you, do you follow Gulfstream Park like your dad does as well? Um, a little bit, not to, not to the Wednesday, Thursday, Friday stuff, but I definitely, <laughs> well, I just want to bring it up. Cause you're not going with any of the Florida horses. So you're against the horses coming from Florida then obviously, or at least on top in the top three. Yeah, I'm, I'm still a little, I'm not sure what to do with, I, I'm not a huge fan of White Abario. Um, I'm a little worried with the distance with him and Charge It, who ran second to him, went backwards a little bit in that race, but doesn't have a ton of experience. I don't know that horse is going to get bet down too, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Charge It runs his best race here and is close to in the money, but I'm not a fan of White Abario. Um, Justin, last question for you is who would be your bomb in this race? Last year, I liked Obesos. He ran very well. Uh, I think a close fifth, if I recall, is there just a, a horse that you project to be 25 to one or more that you think is interesting to fill out maybe in fourth place in a super, let's say. Um, I think that horse is going to be cyber knife. I'm not sure the odds I'm going to get on him. Okay. Um, me and my dad had this conversation. If, if you walk into Brad Cox's office as a jockey, I think they're going to just be in that office with Florent Giroux and he gets to pick the horse he wants to ride. And I would assume that's the best one. So that's the horse I'm going with. He seems to be progressively improving. Brad Cox is good on big days. So he's going to be the one. Maybe I get 20, 25 to one on him. Yeah, I mean, there's so many horses. There's got to be prices for sure. Yeah, it's hard to um, tell with the morning lines, obviously. It, it's a very, it's always the most difficult race to handicap of the year. Just a lot of shit happens, but it's really exciting. Uh, Pete and Paul, just so we can move things, we all love the 10. We don't need to keep talking about Zandon. We've talked about Zandon ad nauseum. Pete, can you talk about Taba? You've got this horse in, in second. Again, another horse that people have strong opinions one way or another. The fastest horse on paper, only two lifetime starts. Unbelievable. Yeah, I guess for me, just to just to clarify for everyone, I don't really have a winner in this race. I don't really have a top choice. I, I think I like Zandon the best, but if there's not a horse that I don't completely love, I don't really go the win direction in the Derby generally. And this is one of those years where I just can't come up with a win horse. So one thing is, though, if I'm doing if I'm doing a pick five, any sort of horizontals, any sort of verticals, I don't want to lose to what potentially could be by far the best horse in the race. So this is one that looks like a freak, runs like a freak, what he did in the Santa Anita Derby. Some people love, some people don't, but I mean, he was super impressive. The, the, the double hundred buyer figures, you can't really, you know, you can't really say much against them aside from the experience. And if you don't like his workouts, which, you know, that's, that's a, a give or take kind of thing, but I don't want to lose any of my bets because potentially the best horse in the race wins and you might get him. You're definitely not getting him at 12, but he's not going to be anywhere near, I assume the top three choices. So I assume you're getting him maybe eight, seven. So if he wins the race, 
I don't want to be pissed that he won and I didn't have him. He's just super talented. And I, I at first, I was going to have him higher. I'm starting to get a little cold to him, not for any other particular reason other than he just had two great trips. And it's so hard to get a perfect trip in this derby, no matter how good a horse you, you are. So uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm using him. He's in the mix for sure for me. Uh, uh, Pete, anyone else you want to mention? You've got the six. Uh, that's Messier, correct, in third. Yeah, I have Messier as well. I think potentially just the 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 Baffert Yachtine, the San Anita Derby form just could be really good. I mean, again, there's only three horses in this race who have popped, I think, who have popped 100 buyers, and it's Messier, Taba, and Epicenter. So it, it, Messier maybe, I mean, again, it's all conspiracy theory. It looked like Messier maybe wasn't cranked up in the last one, didn't really need to win that race, just needed to really finish second to make the field. Uh, Taba needed the win more to obviously make the race with his only, you know, his only points race. So I feel like this horse might be sitting on a big one. If they, if they crank him up, obviously Velasquez knows what he's doing when he gets to the Derby. And in, in normal years, I think this horse would maybe go to the top and try and steal it. But with the cheap speed that's in this race in classic causeway and summer is tomorrow, this horse could potentially break, sit right behind those two, get first run because it's not going to have to do that much work to get behind them, hopefully, and then just have the lead in the lane. And then you see what happens from there. But if you get the lead in the lane in the Derby, a lot of times that's the, that's the spot that wins the race. So I think this horse can do that. Only funny thing is, and again, the six hole is terrible and I don't know if it means anything. It's probably a throwaway thing, but the six horse has been by far the worst or, or you know, in the last Aside from, I think the, I forget what the one, there's one race that's one field that's um, the 17 obviously has no wins, but the six is just two wins in 92 and also has like a, a terrible since 2013, 2014 has, has barely hit the board or hit the, even the super. And I have no idea why, but aside from that, I just think this horse is talented. And if he would have won the San Anita Derby, he potentially could have been the favorite in this race because he was getting so much buzz back then. So if you're getting a horse like that, again, if he floats to eight to one, I'll take it. Uh, guys, if you can spare till I, I promise we're going to end it at, at 10 o'clock Eastern. If you can spare another time, great. If you can't, th that's fine because there's a few other things that we wanted to show, uh, Pete, including something you sent to me that I want to show very quickly. Paul, I apologize to you because I should have had you talk about Messier because you have Messier in second. Uh, Paul, Paul's going 10-6-1. Paul, the, the floor is yours. Anything you'd like to talk about here for the Derby? Yeah, I think Messier. I like Messier better than Taba of those two. And, you know, I think this is the race that proves you, you really have to play A, B, and C. I don't have Epicenter in the top three that I gave you, Howard. I think I'm going to have him as an A, uh, if not an A, definitely a B on my ticket. I think he could definitely win the race, but you know, I, I think Messier has got a very good chance to to be on the lead at some point coming home. Um, you know, we talked about Zandon. I got him in a future bet. It's not why I like him. Uh, I just think he's he's the best horse. I think he got a great post position and. Um, you know, Justin, we talked a lot earlier this week about Mo Donegal, and while the one is no bargain, my point was of any horse who's a contender, he's prob has the potential to be the one that gets bothered the least by it because of his running style. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I 
do think he's going to be coming from far back, but I think we talked about this the other night. You know, if you're IRAD, you almost have to kind of be patient and, and just kind of hope that something opens, not necessarily on the turn, but, you know, late down the backstretch going into the turn because I don't think you can come from that far back and lose a ton of ground. I think you got to have one or the other. So yeah. that, but, but I think, you know, I don't think you could play an exotic without having him in it underneath. Yeah, I agree. And if he wins, I wouldn't be, you know, I, I got him as a B. If, if, if he gets, gets there all the way, I will not be shocked. Yeah, I don't really have him for on the rail the entire way. I yeah. think, yeah, I think about six or seven of these horses turning for home will be behind him already that aren't even in the ballpark at that distance. So I don't think yeah. he's going to have as much trouble as people think, like you said, but just hope he stays on the rail. And I think I read is smart enough to do that. Yeah. If it doesn't work out, you know, if, if he does get bottled up, you know, that, that can happen in a 20 horse field. Yeah. But I, I don't think he can come from 14th, 15th, 16th and make a, a, a big wide move on the far turn. I've got, anyway. up so- oh, I'm sorry, Paul. No, I'm good. I'm good. I've got Epicenter in third. I, I selfishly, if this horse wins, I'm in line for a, a nice four-digit score in a future bet. Uh, but I hear what you're saying, Justin. I mean, it, it's a tricky spot because Rosario has to go. I think he's just going to break and then look to his right and see what happens. But I personally don't want Epicenter on the lead. I'm playing for a pace meltdown in this race. I really, really believe. I've said this time and time again this week. And everyone out there, I could be completely wrong. Completely wrong. I'll just go full screen here for a second. I could be, uh, hold on a second. I could be completely wrong, ladies and gentlemen. I know it goes against what's been happening in the last five, six, seven, eight years since they switched to the derby points. There's just too much speed in this race, and there one, there's cheap speed, which there has not been a lot of these derbies. You got Summers tomorrow is is cheap speed. What does Classic Causeway can do? Not go. I mean, the owner just wants to hear their name called. I see a very fast pace. And I see craziness on the turn. And I'm favoring closers in this race. And if I'm wrong, that's fine. Obviously, I like Epicenter. But I like Zandon and Modonigal. I think they are by far the two best closers in this race. And that's who I'm using the most. I even would throw in a complete bomb in the super, like Barber Road, to come from way back and clunk up for third and fourth. I do not think is impossible at all. I also like simplification a little bit as a price for that reason. I think simplification will be further back than he has been. I'm looking for uh, bombers in this race as closers, not as horses that could be up front. That's my general opinion about the Derby. I give a lot more information about the Derby in my race day blog. Um, we've talked a lot about the Derby. It's going to be a great race. Zanin is fantastic. He's my top choice, but he's got a break, number one. Number two, he's going to have to weave through 10, 11 horses because he's not going to be real close to the lead. He's going to be mid-pack. That's my general would, feeling. I, yes, I know you want to move on, Hal, but yeah. we should at least – one of the commenters asked about the Japanese horse, Crown Pride. Yeah, let's Crown you know, Pride. Go ahead. It, it, you know, I think he's going to be a real underlay on the win odds. Uh, you know, he's training lights out. He blew out three. He blew out uh, uh, forty-six seconds for four furlongs the other day. Um, I don't like him myself, but I think be, between what the Japanese horses have done around the world in the last six months to a year. And the way he's training, he's been at Churchill Downs for over a month. Uh, you know, 
I think it's one of those things you have a strong feeling for or against them. I don't like him. I'll, I'll probably throw him in third or fourth just in case, but I don't think he's going to be very good value. But I, I think he's worthy of mention because uh, he's gotten more airtime than any. I've watched the, the, the one-hour derby show every day for the last 11 days. And if I see any more video of him doing figure eights in the shoot, I'm going to throw <laughs> up all over my shoes. The first six times I saw it, I get the point. Your figure eights is like my morning line this week. We just keep yeah. mentioning it over and over again. You got it. Um, hey, you hey, know Paul, what, guys? Oh, oh I, I just say I have them on well, well, A Pete, line just, a for the, just for the – yeah, go ahead. Go ahead Sorry. Man. You know what, guys? Screw the time. If any of you four need to leave at any time, this is the freaking derby. We got a ton of people watching. <laughs> there are things I still want to, like, show, like, this screen and talk about. Gentlemen, I honest to God mean this. If you have to leave at any time, just say you gotta, you know, gotta go and feel free to go because we got a lot of people watching and there's a lot of cool things that we still want to talk about. So I don't usually do that, guys, and I apologize, but it is the freaking derby and we have a lot of people commenting and why not, right? Let's just keep talking. Uh, and again, if you need to leave, just just let me know, guys, and, and feel free to go. Uh, I feel like a teacher. Go ahead, students, if you gotta go. Uh, Pete. Pete, you send this to me. I think this is great info. I'm going to go full screen. Pete, I'll let you uh, talk about it a little bit. Yeah, this was just something I, I – this was something in an article I read, but I thought it was interesting. Uh, if you look at the top, the buyer figure, 95-plus in the last race, 28 of the last derby, 30 derby winners entered off a 95 or higher buyer figure. And you see – and this includes – that one of those 28 winners is maximum security. I mean, he crossed the line first, so we'll, we'll give that to him. Mm. An eight meet that. So if you're looking at it, you see Messier, Taiba, Epicenter, Zandon, Zozos, White of Barrio, Mo Donegal, and Pioneer of Medina. And then the second stat for Justin and the, and the Brisnet players, I like Brisnet myself. Um, if you have 100 plus last race, 19 of the last 22 Derby winners came in off of 100. Seven meet this for the for the audio listeners, Messier, Taiba, Epicenter, Zandon, Mo Donegal, Smile Happy, and Tis the Bomb. And then if you look, if you see, the, there's five horses that sort of cross both lists. It's Messier, Taba, Epicenter, Zandon, and Modonical, who will most likely be the top five choices, which isn't surprising, but just an interesting yeah. stat if you're looking for, hey, this is going to be my top line. Because I think sometimes we get bogged down and we like a lot of horses. I know this happens to me in the Derby. You like a lot of horses, and it's just hard to zero in on one because – you could, there's so many things that can happen in the Derby. It's hard to zero in on one horse unless it's just a monster. And it doesn't seem like there's any monsters in this race who don't have something that could cause them trouble. Even Zandon, we all like Zandon, but if Zandon breaks bad and is too far back, it's going to be tough to win the race, even if he runs great, which has happened to so many closers in the Derby along the way. Absolutely. Um, all right, guys, let's go into our uh, picks. Uh, Pete, you sent this to me and I want to show it. Uh, Pete's got a trifecta he just wants to throw out to everyone here, and then we're going to show the pick fives, and then we'll end the show, guys. Uh, here's Pete this Visco's. Is awful. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, you know, this is Pete no, Visco's. No, no. Go ahead. This is his. This is your fifty cent uh, try for one hundred and eighty. You got five horses on top. You have a lot of horse underneath. Just any anything quick you want to just no. This say is just one of those try. funkies. I'm like, if you feel like getting stupid because it's the derby and you have money to blow, you do, do something funky like this. <laughs> actually, after I sent it to you, I like Justin's it. got some money to blow. I mean, yeah, but Justin, <laughs> Justin's not an idiot like I am, so he wouldn't do something stupid like this. I assume so. I would. Um, the one thing I would do is I was going to drop. I didn't send this to you, but I would drop. I think Epicenter now. The longer the day went, the the wow. more I'm sort of against him on the top line and. 
for the there was some Twitter buzz about the Asmussen Ofer in the Derby, <laughs> which nobody cares about, but. He's, oh my goodness! The one stat that I saw, and I actually posted this earlier, was he's over twenty-one wins with three-year-olds in graded stakes races, going a mile and a quarter up, and that's on dirt and turf. So I wonder if there's just something about the way he trains his horses that it doesn't help him when you go to these extra long distances. And you're talking about horses like Clarier, Midnight Bisu. Uh, she's a Julie. Um, there was one other one who was really good. And I'm like, it was just odd to me. And I don't know crap about training. So I don't know if there's any reason behind that, but maybe for some reason he can't get his horses at three to get that distance. Cause he has no trouble when he gets to four year olds and up. So I'm like, if you're trying to look for a knock on one of the two favorites, you have to look for every little piece of data that you can find. He's finished second and third though. Right. So Anyway, I, I don't know. Yeah, but I, I mean, it. but it's a you know, there's a lot of second and thirds that doesn't get you the win if you're trying to beat the favorite. Plus, he's what over I, I, like, over his last seventy eight on the Kentucky circuit, so maybe he just doesn't like yeah. going to Kentucky. I guess my point is, if if he can train a horse to finish second or third in the Derby, certainly he can finish a horse to finish first in the Derby. He's just yeah, but it, is my point real quick because I know we people listening, Pete's because obviously there's people listening audio can't don't know what we're seeing on the screen here. Pete's trifecta play is three six seven. 10, 12 with one, three, five, six, seven, eight, 10, 12, 15, 16 uh, with the same horses. One, three, five, six, seven, eight, 10, 12, 15, 16. Cause when this hits Pete, people, people want to come back in the show and say, thank you for it. Again, he's got three, six, seven, 10, 12 on top. I'll just say one more thing and then we'll get to the pick fives. I know not everyone, of course, that's listening is going to be uh, buying into the podcast pool and the Superfecta play that I'm playing. I'm playing a large $5,000 plus Superfecta on behalf of everyone that has decided to be a part of our Superfecta pool, and thank you. Those people that are playing in the Superfecta pool already probably know this or because I sent them information. My main philosophy in the Superfecta uh, on Saturday is to key Zandon in all four spots. Basically, Zandon has to finish in the top four. I think it's very likely he finishes in the top four. He doesn't have to win, but we need Zandon to finish in the top four. I have three or four horses I'm putting in first place, and I'm also playing a backup Superfecta t- super ticket with Zandon completely out of the money. So I'm playing five $1 Superfecta tickets, for the podcast pool, Zandon in each spot, and then one without Zandon. Uh, so that's my general play. Let's go to the pick five, guys, and then Justin will show you your promo, and then we'll wrap up the show. Uh, here's my pick five, and I just say it out loud for everyone because, again, people at home – whoops, sorry about that. People at home uh, who are listening to this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Anchor cannot see the bottom of the screen. My pick five play, Caveman, 5-7. With five, six, seven, with three, with one, three, four, five, six, eight, ten, with one, three, six, ten. Uh, again, five, seven, five, six, seven, with three, with one, three, four, five, six, eight, ten, with one, three, six, ten. I'm spreading deep in the last two legs and I'm singling Jack Christopher. Justin, very quickly, I'll just read it off and then you can comment. Justin's pick five, six. Which actually, that's going to change. Is that going to change to the seven now, Justin? Yeah, yeah, correct. Justin's going seven with four, five, seven, nine, with three, seven, eight, with two, six, eight, nine, 
with one, five, eight, ten. Again, seven with four, five, seven, nine, with three, seven, eight, with two, six, eight, nine, with one, five, eight, ten. Justin, that's a ninety-six dollar play. Feel free to talk about a minute about this pick five. Yeah, say I think that first race was a single for me. Um, the next race was um, the side dog um, and the at Santa Anita horse, uh, Alnikoff. And then yeah. I put those, the other two prices in there, stolen base and red danger who are going to be 10 plus to one. So hopefully get one of those in there. And then I was hoping to, I have Jackie's warrior, but hoping to get a four or five to one shot in there that could really change the outcome there. And then in the 11th, the turf race, I did put another huge bomb in there. I believe the nine, who's off of a long layoff, um, but just keeps running second in those big time allowance races and hasn't gotten that, that graded stakes, I guess, placing him into there or getting him the win, but has lost by a nose, by a neck so many times that if it, if it's heavy up front and pace falls over, he's going to be 25, 30 to one. And Justin is saying, sorry, Steve Asterson. I'm not using Epicenter in my pick five. I, I love the balls there. I mean, he doesn't have to win. It's a 20-horse field. Who the hell knows? Justin, yep. good luck with that $96 uh, pick five or anyone who's playing it on uh, uh, due to Justin's uh, wonderful handicapping skills. Paul, you're next. Paul's uh, pick five, which is under $100, it's $81, is 247 with 67 with 358 with 348 with 3610 again 247 with 67 with 358 with 348 with 3610 Paul any quick comments about your pick 5 Yeah there's no possible way I would play a caveman ticket on Saturday That's my comment Yeah <laughs> um you know I I, I went with the uh, I, I do like Edgeway uh, a lot more uh, the more we talked about it I, I did have him in there had the lot, nothing, nothing all that creative to be honest with you. But I would never give, you know, uh, Messier the same weight. Uh, well, they, I sh- that's not a good example. There are other legs where uh, I wouldn't give horses the same weight. But I was pressured to keep it under a hundred dollars <laughs> after being ridiculed for going to one hundred eight <laughs> last night. So I made sure it was at eighty one. So let's see, I went eight over. Now you owe me eleven dollars, Howard. Thank you. <laughs> no problem. The check's in the mail. Uh, Pete, you're the last one to talk about the pick five, and then we'll do a few quick promos and wrap up the show. I'm, I'm just so I'm, – I'm honestly honored and touched, humbled by the amount of people that are watching this week. Thanks again. Pete, 2-5-6-7-8-10-11 with three, with three, six, eight, with one, three, six, seven, ten, twelve. It's a $90 play. Again, 2-5 with six, seven, eight, ten, eleven with three. With three six eight, with one three six seven ten twelve, you're also singling Jackie's Warrior. Any thoughts, Pete, on your on your ticket here? No, I just wanted to go skinny with Jackie's Warrior, and then in the first leg, so I could go a little deeper in the Derby, get the seven in there for the Crown Pride. I'm a I'm a Crown Pride guy, so if you get him in there, and then go a little deeper in the second leg, I just thought that one could potentially be wide open, so I wanted to make sure I went skinny probably would do a backup and, and shorten some of the other legs and then maybe maybe try and put a little something to beat to beat Jackie's warrior to really get the ticket blown up. But I'd want to play something in a, in a, on a big race. We've seen on these big days sometimes that the, the races can get a little chalky. So if you can, just up the denomination, obviously, and maybe try and go a little skinnier where you can and really bang your opinions elsewhere. So, And then if you want to do some backups for, for shorter amounts, then 
then do that. But I also would potentially drop Epicenter again if I wanted to cheapen up that A-line, potentially drop Epicenter and then and then see what we can do from there. And by the way, for all the commenters, you got to throw darts every once in a while. There's only one only 120 race a year, 120 20 horse race a year in, in the U.S., so I'm going to get crazy on it. Are we getting, Pete, are you gonna, getting some shade? Pete. Are you getting some shade, Pete, in the comments? Oh yeah, yeah. There was some, <laughs> some, some dart jokes in the in the comments, so that's all well and good. I could take it. I could take it. Hey, when, Pete, it, I'm gonna... when it comes when it comes Crown Pride Cyber Knife White Abario, I want all you people in the comments <clears> to to uh, to bow down and and, and apologize. So. Bow, hey, wow, Pete. Pete, Pete throwing some shade. I love it. Well, go ahead, I know that there's Pete, no chance that's happening. So go ahead, Paul. Pete. I'm gonna I am gonna Venmo Venmo you ninety dollars after the show. So I oh, want beautiful. my half of that. Too. You want your half of that one? <laughs> okay. I'll, uh, just, I'll put that in my pocket for some beers and and, and go away. <laughs> Justin, th this is going to look really weird for people who are watching right now. Justin, I know you have something you want to promote. I'm going to show something on screen that's actually us, live. You're like, what's going on? Okay, so this is not – here, let me do picture in picture. So <laughs> what you're seeing on the on the main screen here is actually live my YouTube channel right now. If you go below the video player, I've got a whole bunch of things down here, and I'm going to go full screen now. So go below the video player, click show more in the video player. And Justin, you have uh, something right now through Brisnet. I don't know if you can see that at the bottom of the screen there. Justin, talk about what you got going with Brisnet for uh, this weekend. Yeah, I did some spotlight selections um, on the entire Oaks Day card and Derby Day card, um, kind of give a little analysis on what I think is going to happen in the race and give out some suggested plays in just about every race that I think had um, some type of value in. Um, but yeah, say both days are on there. Um, I think it's 20 bucks for each day. So if you want to get some analysis on that, um, you can find that on Brisnet. And also, Pete, I put the, the that that spreadsheet that we were just showing. There is the 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 uh, Google uh, Doc spreadsheet that uh, Pete was mentioning. Also, just wanted to uh, throw cool. that up there uh, as well for people. Um, Last question. Justin, I'm going to let you answer this question since you're a guest tonight. And you have such wonderful feelings about Bob Baffert. Someone asked a someone asked a really good question. I think it was Tom, so I apologize. Tom Espinosa. Do you have any feeling at all on how the ex-Baffert horses are going to be bet this weekend? Because his name is not in the program, but I have I have a strong opinion. But I'll just let you, you, you can comment on that. Yeah, I mean, I don't think for the person who just bets the Kentucky Derby every year, when they go to that screen and see Tim Yachting, they're not going to see Baffert. They're not going to see a program, none of that stuff. I don't think they're going to get bet um, that hard. The one thing I'd like to say about Taba is I think if this was for sure trained by Baffert, I, I do think that he is running all the, all the stuff that's going on with these two horses, but a little surprised to me that the horse hasn't been working fast like a normal Baffert horse that would be preparing for the Derby. And that's my only concern with Taba. Uh, Paul and Pete, we're going to have you just make one last comment and then I'll wrap up the show. Paul, anything you want to mention to the viewers about this weekend, any, maybe a best play of the weekend you have, or just any thoughts at all about Derby 148 weekend? Well, uh, we talked about it earlier this week, Howard. Uh, it's been a long week and a great week that, you know, you spend a lot of time, on these two races, more so the Derby than the Oaks. And, you know, it's over in two minutes. 
<laughs> but there is the undercard. There's value all over the place. The favorite's not going to win uh, every race. Uh, you know, I, I really, you know, I don't want to be a chalk-eating weasel, but if I had to pick one horse in the two days, I, I, it would be Zandon. You know, I, I really like Zandon in the Derby. Uh, sorry he's going to be the favorite, but, um, you know, I, I – so we'll we'll see. We'll see if I can – stagger my way into that leg and have some other horses alive but uh it's a great time you know tomorrow's a great day and we're only uh 12 and a half hours to post time for tomorrow so get studying people <laughs> pete you get the last uh final word of of our uh, co-host and guest tonight before i close it out excellent hey vale place i did have white obario in my triple there you just there's so many numbers there that you probably just missed it so the 15 was in there it's just it's it's a it's an array of numbers so it might have been hard to find just talking to the commenters again i just i agree with paul it's a it's a great two days they're generally value the pools get so big bet some of those funky if you want to bet some of those funky two-day bets like the oaks derby double or any of those cross the pick six the two-day pick six any of those are just for fun and again if you want to just I mean, obviously you should think value and you should put smart bets in, not like the triple I put in, but if you want to just have some fun, it's a big day. And, and if you catch something in the Derby, just because there's 20 horses, it's the day you can catch exact as try supers that could pay balloons and actually be life-changing money, which I know Howard and the Superfecta pool, that's what, that's what you and the listeners are hoping for. That's our plan. Uh, to all the podcast pool and Superfecta players out there, I want to let everyone know who's in the podcast pool. We're definitely playing Saturday's pick five that ends in the Derby. I have to be honest, everyone. I do not know what I'm doing tomorrow. We might spend our money in the $2 two-day pick six. We might spend our money a little bit tomorrow on Oaks Day in the pick five. There's two things I have to look into. Number one is I want to see what the track condition is. And the other thing is I'm going to be at school working. Um, obviously, I can make a bet you know, during my lunchtime or free time, whatever. But I just have to look at some scratches and some things. So it's a little bit up in the air about what is happening tomorrow with the podcast pool. But, of course, Saturday, we're definitely playing the Superfecta and the pick five that ends in the Derby. And I'll be sending out everything as usual, full disclosure on this Friday and Saturday, including the uh, podcast uh, pool and the race day blogs will be showing up early tomorrow morning and early Saturday morning. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to wrap up an unbelievable Derby week here on the HHH racing podcast. I really hope you've enjoyed these shows i've done the very best i can we've done the best we can to bring you high quality information and entertain you as well don't let this week be the only week you're watching us please continue to watch because all these following weeks and, and years hopefully to come we'll continue to give you some great information and have fun uh, and, and make sure it's fun while we do it for my co-hosts paul halloran and pete visco and for my guests Justin Mustari, this has been Howard Kravitz. Good luck to everyone, whether you're playing the Oaks, the Derby, both days, or every single horizontal bet that you can make, like Paul Halloran. Have a great weekend, everyone. Good luck in the Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks. Take care. Have a great night. See you.